welcome back to Murray Musings, uh, a podcast on Andy Murray. And we are here with Peter and Scott with a special guest, Pierre, who is here to talk about Andy and what he what he feels about Andy's comeback, as well as everything else that has gone on in the past couple of weeks in tennis as well. So um, we're really excited to have you here, Pierre. Uh, I know you really wanted to come on and share your thoughts about Andy. So how are you feeling right now about everything that's going on? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you to the three of you for having me on. It's really nice to be here and to talk with you guys about Andy and everything that's going on in the world. It's actually my first time doing a podcast, so there you go. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Welcome yeah, in. I suppose shall we um shall I kick it off with just a little bit about like myself as like an Andy fan and like stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. You tell yeah. us you, whatever like, you feel like telling. Have you yeah. seen Andy live? Like where have you first? Oh right, like, sure. Favorite okay. matches, yeah, etc. Okay. Whatever you fancy. Cool. Um, so I have seen Andy live. Um, I saw him live at the 2012 London Olympics when he played uh, oh, wow. Bagdatis. Oh, wow. um, oh yeah, which was a very stressful match actually. Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've, I've only seen him. I think. Oh no, I'm 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 lying. I've seen him a second time. Although it was a loss, so I, that was why it wasn't you know in the memory easily. Which was against Novak at the 2014 Paris Masters quarterfinal. So, uh, but just a couple times, uh, unfortunately, um, and not not any recent matches. But I'm hoping that I'll see him again, whether it be Queens one year because I've never been to Queens. But um, yeah. So I'm an Andy fan, also a Federer fan, um, Monfils and Songa. Um, and then on the women's side, I, I was um, really into Bencic, Sharapova. Um, and so that's kind of the, um, the list, really. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been really um, exciting to see Andy come back, especially um, because I think we all, after the Australian Open, you know, that interview, we, you know, where it was all of it. Yeah. Oh, don't remind us, Pierre. Don't remind us. And I think as well, I, I was quite worried, like like everyone, I think, that COVID was going to really slow things down for him and make it really difficult. But I'm really proud of him that he's come back again and just seems to be so hungry for uh, success, which is why I'm not really getting too down at the moment when he is losing a match, because I know that he's absolutely not done. He's so hungry. I've never seen him this motivated. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. That's the word for it. Hungry. He's so just what did so you did you guys did you watch any of Andy's matches see. in Rotterdam or in, even in Biella or Montpellier? Did you watch any of those matches? Yeah, I, I watched uh, a couple of the Biella matches. I watched um, this. I think it was the quarters and then the final against uh, Marchenko. Um, and then I watched both of the matches um, in Rotterdam. The Montpellier one I didn't catch unfortunately. Um, I don't think I missed. Vintage Andy, unfortunately, yeah. anyway. So. Uh, what was it? I don't think Andy played Montpellier. I don't think he played it. No. I don't think he was there. No. But um, I did no, watch he actually, yeah. it was, it was, it wasn't that bad. Like he, he did okay. okay in the he first set, okay. and then just fell off. Yeah. Gerasimov was just too yeah, good. True. And actually, yeah, Gerasimov true. has had good results recently. So mm, yeah, Gerasimov has actually. Yeah, he's, he's on. And Andy, Andy, like I had to like establish in the press conference that Gerasimov is a good player. Like, yeah, like yeah, get him, which is actually like he a topic probably for later. Is how like. Some players really don't get their yeah. dues just because they're not getting the big wins on the big yeah. stages. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah, players. absolutely. Um, Pierre, one, what, Pierre, one thing I did want to ask quickly. Um, when, when was it you first became a fan of Andy? How, how oh, long? Sure. How long? Okay, so um, I would say the where it really sort of became proper sort of standing as we call on Twitter. 
um, his um, 2000 and, 2008 Wimbledon when he played Gasquet, yeah. which was a pretty a epic match. And, and oh, uh, iconic. Yeah, iconic match. Um, match. I was aware of him obviously before, but I, I was really super young. And the only players that I really knew when I was five, six, seven were, were Federer and, and Sharapova. I wasn't really sort of branching out past too much uh, past that. So um, no Murray at the 2008 uh, Wimbledon where he made the quarters, of course, which was, I think, the first quarter of a slam he made. So it was quite a good good way to start. Um, and mm. then and then after that, um, when, when he made the final of the US Open, that really... I was sort of following him so avidly after that because I was like everyone just chasing that that first slam title. So that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I think we can all relate to that of following him all yeah. the way through the heartbreak, um, to... the everything. Yeah. Yeah, the tears. <laughs> no, so that was, it's funny because um, just very quickly on like Andy's early career, there was a match uh, he played. I think it was the uh, the two thousand and nine was it Wimbledon semis against Roddick. And I was just so heartbroken yeah. Oh, yeah. because I just I really thought oh, yeah. like that that was his year, even though looking yeah. back, he was so young and inexperienced and like I should have known better. But because I was yeah. still a young fan, I was like, oh, no, Andy's like he's in great form. Like Rod Rogers going to be tied from the French Open, like, you know, win. And I was just thought that it was his tournament aspect of when Rafa um, pulled out because of the, the knee. Um, and so when he lost in that way in that semis, I remember that's the most like heartbroken I was. Um, at the time, although I've had, we've all had worse moments since, like with the Australian Open finals. But we're not going to go there. We're yeah. not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yep. No, don't didn't, remember didn't that. Like, have I don't know that major. He did in that final. That's right. Epic in the final. final yeah. Oh. At least one of the oh, Andes should sure. have one won. One of the Andes. <laughs> it's the only yeah. slam that, as a Federer fan, I don't like. It's not that I don't have pleasure in it, but it's the only one that I'm like, if I could give him a different slam and take that one away, I would do that. Because yeah. I just feel like he sure. was very jammy in that tournament. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, You know what? I often, like, just you bring it up there, I, I kind of often, for, like, forget about that match. Because, like, we, like, like Murray versus Roddick. Because, I, like, I had it ingrained in my head for so long, like, you know. Murray was blocked from getting to a Grand Slam final by, like, Nadal and Djokovic and Federer. Like, every single time he would run into one of those guys in, like, the semis, and that's why. That I often do forget about that match. And, like, it's funny because, like, I, I, I'm not quite sure the head-to-head, but I, I feel like Andy, like, Murray, it leads Roddick does, by yeah. quite a bit in that yeah. head-to-head just because Murray's got, like, a little bit, like, just a bit more to his game than, than Roddick, mm. who is fantastic yeah, player, obviously. Yeah, I just looked but, like, it up. It, I just looked it up. It's 8-3. There you yeah, go. So I, that, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, so I think, like, before even going into that semi-final, I think Murray was, was leading the he head-to-head was, yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, so I think he was, like, a really big favourite going in. But then I think w- we definitely saw in that final with Roddick and, and, and Federer that Roddick was, like, he's on, <laughs> like on another he's level. On that, that was best, best he's played outside of maybe really his early, early career. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. Was so unlucky. So unlucky. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he was ever quite the same after that, unfortunately. But... Uh, no, I don't think he was. And then he had some injuries. No. And, and, yeah, he unfortunately. Did. He did. It Although was, I remember his um, farewell tournament when he, when he played... Um, uh, Del Potro at the US Open um, yes. and it's funny because I was uh, watching back that tournament the other day and he actually played Tomic and I, I had forgotten this he played Tomic in the second round and Tomic tanked <laughs> in the match and I was oh, like what? Yeah. <laughs> Tomic the tank engine <laughs> but he 
rating fully. Like you can see, Andy was so like pumped, thinking, "Oh, this is a young player. I've got to really know this could be my last match." And Thomas is just there, like you know, just completely not caring, like not bothering to even move his feet. Oh my gosh! My God. No, oh, jeez, Tomic. I mean, that talk. We could talk about Tomic for an entire podcast, <laughs> but let's let's not let's not go. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, shall we? I guess I guess we should move on to the to the Andy news right. uh, of this week, shall we? Shall we? Shall we chat a mm-hmm. bit about that and uh, what what our thoughts were were because. That kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, uh, who who wants to kick yeah. us off? Pierre, Pierre, do you want to start? Like, what what what, yeah, sure. what what were your thoughts? What did you? Well, think, I was a bit surprised to say the least. I mean, obviously, none of us knew, none of us know what Andy gets up to when he's not on the court. But... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, a lot. Um... Clearly, a lot. Um, and it's in line with what he was saying. You know, we know that he had a lot of months off, not on the court last year, and he said that that would be. A potential consequence so i'm not too surprised yet, on the other hand <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah he's really, using yeah. his head well. <laughs> oh um, we should probably oh we should probably mention to our listeners like obviously i'm aware most people who are listening to us on murray musings probably know what we're talking about but yeah uh andy's andy's wife kim um gave birth to their fourth child fourth child right let's get that straight it's fourth yeah. child um just uh, yesterday as far as we all know yesterday, yesterday maybe day day before, before, who something knows? like that yeah uh, who knows who knows yeah. um and yeah none of us knew so <laughs> none of us had any yeah. idea uh he, he hadn't talked yeah, about it is, the weird thing is he was we, we spoke to him last year on the twitch streams i won't think about this no clue i will think about this i will think about this yeah he was yeah, all chill like talking with gail chilling yeah training. i'm training i'm doing that like super chill nobody had any clue about anything at that time like he, he nothing was, like, at all he said at one at one point in the episodes he said that he was arguing with kim about like simple things yeah i, I remember what what they were arguing about <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> kind of kind of puts it all in a yeah a little bit of context yeah, i i just me- really i just remember seeing like the tweets because like the tweets from all obviously all the big tennis journalists came out around the same time yesterday and uh, that were like you know andy's build there you know mm. the arrival of um of 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 their fourth child and i, I just remember like like <laughs> making sure that i've read it properly because i was like what like what is this like did and then i was like <laughs> maybe it's something that we've totally missed and then i was like no we would have talked about this on an episode of murray music so like we would have chatted about this yeah. we would have known in some way right if 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 it had been announced or if it had been like if he had said it so yeah obviously like yeah i mean great news but i i, I think i tweeted something like you know it, it's quite nice to feel okay with andy withdrawing from a tournament for once like it was like obviously the announcement that He'd pulled exactly, out of yeah. what was the tournament? What which tournament? Dubai. 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 Yeah. yeah. Dubai. So he pulled out of Dubai. Um. So like that, it was quite nice to you know. Obviously, we've had a lot of moments in the last few years where, yeah, like he's pulled out of a tournament and we're like, oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, it was quite nice to actually be like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, Very Dubai, reason, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, great news, and I'm sure we're all, um, we are. Yeah, like, I'm actually. I actually fantastic. wanted to say, like, nobody knew about any like that he had four kids. Like on Twitter, you saw like, everyone was like, "Oh, I thought he had two that... kids or one kid." And I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess only his like big fans and all those are people who've watched the documentary yeah. know. But he always he keeps his like pri- private life private. 
Um, yeah, he does. Like the British tabloids here, if they knew everything, they'd like. Oh God, yeah. Wreak havoc. I mean, he's learned a lot know. from those early days so, when exactly. the tabloids used to. I mean, we all remember oh, when definitely. he used when he made the joke about the English football oh. team, and then it's like he gets three years of like criticism just from that one like tongue in yeah. cheek quote from a literal teenager. Like, you know, I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, not yeah. At all. So he uh, like even in the documentary, he didn't show the kids' faces. No. He didn't. He just kept that all very like discreet, and mm. um, I think it's really nice for them to have that kind of privacy. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Rafi, yeah. I was wondering though, like, uh, am I right in thinking because you were at the documentary premiere? Um, was one of yeah. his kids there? Is that right? Is that right? So yeah, one? so I was there. I was there. I I randomly, I think I've said this on on the show before, mm-hmm. but like I've random, I randomly got a ticket to go in to the premiere. Um, six of us, six random fans who came in queued got uh tickets. Yeah. And after the the show, after the the we saw the the documentary, um, mm. there was a whole like uh, party. I don't know what you would call it. Like there was food and everyone was chatting, and <laughs> Andy brought his baby out, Teddy. Um, and like there was everyone was there. It was like Annabel Croft, uh, Sam Smith, every all oh the like God. British uh, presenters, journalists, and all that were there. Like yeah, and they were all like I I didn't I was not like. <laughs> brave enough to even go there i was like on the other side of the room but um me and like the people who were fans who weren't didn't even know him but yeah they were all uh he was so cute it was so tiny he was probably a few months old i don't, I don't even know how old he was but yeah um he yeah. didn't bring him out uh, to uh, on the red carpet or anything for no, no. pictures it was all very private yeah yeah and i think uh Sam Smith revealed it in a tweet or something. So I'm not like this is not exclusive. No, no, no. But, but uh, yeah. Off the press. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, but that, that did, that's such like a little unique Teddy, experience, yeah. Rashmi. Like such. Oh, a it was of... crazy. And oh no, one funny thing. I was so nervous, and Jamie Murray was like standing there, oh, and my, my friend went and got went and got an autograph off him. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is like a private experience. Why are you going up to Jamie Murray and getting? autograph but yeah she did and jamie was so nice i i didn't have the courage to do it but, but my friend did and she yeah. got an autograph it's easy to get starstruck when they're in front of you when you when you've seen oh, them on the sure. tv yeah, hundred yeah. times it, you I, feel I like it's like exactly. out of body experience yeah, sure. yeah no and andy you know i didn't even like i don't even remember it. like yeah it feels like it didn't happen to be honest like it was too yeah. good to be true but yeah um very very uh, exciting that was that and the whole documentary cool. was just, and he mm. did a Q and A after that, like after oh, wow. the documentary, it wasn't like recorded or put on Amazon or anything, but he did a Q and A about um, the whole documentary and everything. Um, it was fun, fun, and they gave us like wine. They gave us. Oh wow! I don't know what we <laughs> now did. Really they gave party. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like wine party. glass. It was insane. Um, that is yeah. crazy. That's nuts. So um, to the fact that I, that feels like yesterday, to be honest, and the fact mm. that now he has another kid. I know, that's like we have been busy. Um, like, crazy. It, 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 it was a tweet that I saw yesterday from someone that was like, "Andy has four kids, all under five and I was like, "Wow." Yeah, I, I said that to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just remember him saying that he has three kids under four after mm. he won Antwerp. He was like, yeah. yeah, three kids under four years old. And now he has four kids under five. So I bet Andy's thinking about that as well. Jeez, <laughs> like, Lord. That's working nuts, hard. Yeah. Is that not crazy? Like, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> fair play, though. I wonder fair if play. they'll have any more. Oh, my God. I mean, 
Kim, Kim yeah. will be like, get back out there, Andy. Get back out <laughs> on the tour. I can't be dealing with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it, but it, congrats w- to Andy. Seriously, congrats. How about we roll the clip for uh, Andy to talk about uh, how he was saying that he has cool, three yeah, we can, yeah. Uh, we can we, we can roll that clip right now in the episode and post edit <laughs> if you want. I've got two two young kids and a third one coming, so I have three kids under four years old. So uh, <laughs> when I Stafford and I'm out here. I know when I've been off the tour the last few de- few years, my family's got bigger, so I need to get on the road so we don't get out of control. But uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that, yeah, so that clip, um, it was just after he won Antwerp, right? Yeah. He said that. Um, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it was such a great moment. Amazing. Um, Amazing. And I think, like, uh, it's, it just prove, it proves the point that he made then so much now. <laughs> like, that, you know, yeah. as another child after taking another COVID. time off. <laughs> it's all Unbelievable. COVID. He had just to stay at home. Crazy times. Yeah. Um, it, it was, you know what, though? Like, on, on a slightly more serious note, obviously there's a lot of, like, celebration about it, but like um it, it was also like pointed out to me like uh, i think on twitter again because everything's on twitter um that going back slightly to when andy got coronavirus from the um the the tennis center down in london and he was very critical of like the safety yeah. uh, precautions there and what happened yeah. and he talked a little bit about his family but obviously he didn't refer to the fact that his wife was pregnant at the time but now you look back and you're like wow i understand that oh, anger yeah. so much more from him right like he yeah that must have been a scary time i didn't even think about that must have been a scary time and i didn't even know for a little while that uh his wife and kids um had uh coronavirus as well so Mm -hmm. it's just awful crazy like so yeah thinking back to that where uh it it, you know it like obviously it was totally understandable his anger uh obviously at like the safety uh, because as far as as far as far as we've heard like it wasn't great (laughs) like it was a little bit like chaotic i think down there but yeah and it it just makes much more sense now really (laughs) like why why he was Mm -hmm. so why he was so so angry about it but thank goodness like as far as we know everything's yeah. okay like and everything's fine and um yeah i guess like we we now won't see andy for a few weeks i guess like when's he next year to play do we know miami, like, miami. Hopefully, hopefully miami if he uh-huh. uh shows up and okay. i mean good yeah. to so hear there that was there was a whole thing about uh mm. roger playing dubai rafa somehow getting a wild card, getting a wild card to dubai. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then Andy playing, so it would have been like three of the big five, and then Stan, oh, sorry, Stan. So four what had you tweeted five. earlier, Rashmi, uh, that it was like Dubai or something, like all these top five players Dubai. in Dubai, <laughs> and they were just gone yeah. in like a week. So basically, yeah, basically we're going to call funny. this tournament Dubai. <laughs> Dubai. Uh, Dubai. But it's, it's um, quite like interesting like, when you think about it, because Dubai yeah. is normally such a well-attended and, 500, like one of the strongest ones. And mm. I've looked at the draw, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, like, like this is bad. It's like a who's who. <laughs> like, mm. oh, yeah. yeah, I bet Rogers kind of kicking himself now that he, he yeah was, um, he must be. i'm sure he needs the the yeah. training but yeah. uh, i think he would have done well in this draw because you, have you seen the draw it's like 16 of those seeds have got buys like yeah it's literally <laughs> dubai yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, and i don't weird. know why they haven't put like the qualifying players in the draw it no it makes, no, it makes sense. no sense to no. me it's a real mess that is weird yeah. that is really strange yeah but, um but yeah, no. So like, I, yeah, I guess we should probably move on to the events that have been happening like the past week. I guess we yeah. can. I guess we can all say. I think I speak for all all four all four of us when I say 
big congratulations to the Murray the Murray family, I guess. And we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. we'll await any more information if 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 they decide to give it and if they don't, that's totally fine. Um but yeah, tennis this week. Who's been watching it guys? Like what well, I suppose on to on to Rotterdam then from last weekend yeah. where Rublev yeah. took his fourth uh, fourth, I think, yeah, five hundred mm-hmm. uh, title in a row. Um, yeah. which is pretty unbelievable. I mean, he really just, he's really put his mark on that category of event at the moment. I mean, it really seems mm-hmm. to be yeah. his perfect uh, scenario because it's, it's elite enough that, you know, he's playing some top players, getting some confidence boosting wins, but it's also, it's not a slam. So there isn't that same pressure. He can go and kind of let himself yeah. loose a little bit, which he seems to be doing. But it's been mm-hmm. great to see his yeah. progression because I, I remember when he beat Roger at Cincinnati 2019. Uh, this is oh, yeah. That, oh, what a match. Yeah, great, great level from him. And I remember thinking, wow. I, I was mean, there for is... that match, yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> didn't know that. that. <laughs> And that was an amazing tennis from him that week. And I remember thinking, like, if he can just stay healthy, then he's going to finally get to to where we were all kind of waiting for him to get to. But I think it kind of speaks to his character that he's, you know, carried on pushing in all those years of of hardship that he's had to go through. And, like, there there was such a pressure on him being a top junior. And the the same with um, Christian Garin, who was a top junior, who took years to find his best form. And there's... We, I feel like the big four have really just made it so hard for everybody else to make, to really, you know, to, to peak early enough. Yeah. Because if they're not, you know, now in the top 20 by age 19, 20, 21, it's like a disaster and they're never going to get there. But like, you yeah. know, Garin is only 23. I think Andre's 23. Like they are, it's, they are so young and it's like people don't realise how inexperienced they still are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, it just, it's, it's, it's funny, like I was listening to you, you know. <laughs> Giving giving Rublev his his plaudits there, and all the while Rashmi's just like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my boy. Uh, I love that boy, man. Uh, he's just like he's the way he played against Tsitsipas. Did you watch that semi final? Yeah, that was yes, amazing. That amazing. Was good. I I, I, just, I really wanted him for sure. Because yeah, because last year at Roland Garros uh, he lost to Tsitsipas in mm, I don't even remember which one. It was quarter final. Yeah, yeah quarter final. Um, and he beat obviously he beat Sitsipas in Hamburg after Sitsipas served for that match. Mm. Uh, so they've had quite a history uh, on mm-hmm. the clay, and like translating that onto to hardcore was like I didn't know who was going to win, yeah. what was what was going to happen, and Rublev just every single he was focused on yeah. every point. It was just amazing to watch. And uh, the final against Fuchovic was quite quite one sided after the first set. Mm. Um, yeah. The first set was quite competitive. Mm. Yeah. Should we briefly but, touch on Andy's like um I suppose you've already spoke, spoken about his match versus Rublev, but just like his general. Oh yeah. What did you? Yeah. yeah what, what did you think? think? About, what were your thoughts about yeah. that match? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was really encouraged. I mean, especially because I know there's this narrative um by I'm not gonna say casual fans, but like people may who maybe aren't as invested or don't know as much about court speed and stuff like that that they think oh well because Andy's more of a defensive player he must love slow courts. And it's really mm. the opposite. He doesn't love when the court is like molasses because <laughs> yeah. he True. can't generate any yeah. pace at all off the backhand, which was like yeah. such a problem for him in that first set. I felt like he was this close to taking a level of control in the, on the match, but he just couldn't quite put the ball away. I mean, it was like, um, yeah. I was like, could not believe what I was watching in terms of the court speed in Rotterdam last week. I mean, I've never seen an indoor court that slow in my life. I mean, like unbelievable. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was really encouraged by his... By his level, um, and even in the second set, I know that you know Rublev took took really total control of the match in the second, but Andy still kept trying to find an open door, yeah. and it just wasn't his day. But like 
overall his form when you when I can like take into account didn't play Australia had COVID recently had only played I think the French Open and the US Open since 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 the last year um, I'm pretty happy with with his form I just the only criticism I have of Andy's technique at the moment is I feel like um, his backhand has really been letting him down in the last couple of matches and that's just yeah, it definitely. can't let him down that has to be yeah. better otherwise he just isn't going to get to that next level he's got to improve the accuracy because I feel like the forehand has been trending in the right direction again after a couple of years yeah. of it really mm-hmm. sitting up and oh, being yeah. really short it's looking a lot better but that backhand I mean the amount of backhands in the net against um, Andre on the big points it was just uh, yeah. you know it's just it's too much of a focal point of his game to have that backhand working when it's not working it's yeah. like Federer's serve Nadal's forehand Djokovic's backhand if it's not there it yeah. destroys their whole game going back to the court speed real quick when I heard that the court speed again for an indoor court mm. was so slow I was like oh bleep like yeah. this is not gonna happen <laughs> I mean he, yeah I wasn't surprised that he was losing to Haas honestly like I thought he was gonna lose that match because I was like it's too mm. slow he can't hit through this court like it's just not and I just I mean, I've, Rotterdam is one of my favourite tournaments and it's not just because, like, my favourites always seem to win there. It's because, like, I just love love the Netherlands, love indoor courts, love sort of the post-AO swing. Um, so mm. I was, you know, really shocked when it's normally medium to fast that it was literally, like, slower than Paris last year. Like, I was like, what is this? Yeah, mm. yeah for sure, for sure. I I was uh, I was wondering, just just to go back to, to the point you made about um, Andy's backhand, like, I, it's interesting you say that, because I was actually chatting to a, a few of my friends who watch tennis were also talking about that specifically and the fact that, like, his backhand does seem a bit off. Do you mm. think it's to do with his hip? Do you think it's, like, a confidence in, like, being able to swing through that ball? Uh, like, because like they were making the point that like kind of looked like he was really struggling to put weight on it yeah. and to like swing right through. Do do you, do you think that's that? That's yeah, I mean, like? I'm I'm no like um, technique no. aficionado, but from no, no, from no. the from from what I've um, from when I play and when I what I get coached, one of the most important things mm. that's always focused on is rotation into the ball, so you can get yeah, the racket yeah. with in junction with the racket head speed. So if you don't have the racket head speed and the rotation of the body at the same time synchronised, you're going to miss a lot of balls. And yeah. he is really struggling with the rotation at the moment. So I think part of that's down to the hip. But as well, like I think it's just such a flat shot. I mean, there's really no it spin is. on his backhand. And in the in the, no. the modern era, where it was almost like every year we watched players put more spin on the ball than the year before, mm. which is what I feel like is the, the Nadal effect at this point, where every player plays with more topspin than they did 10 years ago, like even Federer yeah. and, and, and Novak. But yep. Um, yep. it's just I think it's getting harder for him to have the same effectiveness on his backhand without trading a little bit of the pace, because I think he needs to try and put a little bit more spin now on his backhand. But the problem mm. with Andy is when you've spent you know, 25 years hitting your backhand as flat as a pancake, you know, really right straight across the body, no upward movement. It's yeah. very difficult to suddenly um, kind of make new habits. So I think he just needs to try and, obviously that's up to him, but he needs to try and add as much spin as he can without compromising the pace, because obviously then yeah. if it sits up, it's going to be like, I mean, uh, do you guys remember the Vavrinka match in Paris last year where I just felt like... Oh, we, I feel like we talk about it every episode and it breaks my heart every time. <laughs> okay, I'll be really quick then. I do not remember it. I'll be yeah. super quick, but like it's not that match and also a, a couple of other matches where it's just backhand and forehand sit up and they can't. It's got to get more depth on the ball. So I think yeah. as, as much as he, it's really hard for him to find that balance between pace and accuracy but 
he's got to either decide, do I want to just go for depth or do I want to go for for pace? Because at the moment, I feel like he's struggling to find that balance. So he, sometimes he's being really aggressive. Sometimes he's hitting the ball too short. So, I mean, it'll come with match practice. He's so not yeah. match fit. Like, I don't think people realise how yeah. little he's played in the last, well, three, yeah. four years, really. It, it, it all adds yeah. up, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, like, it's... I, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I... I, I I don't know. I feel like maybe like it's like to do with the hit, but I also feel like there's probably more of a kind of um, maybe also like a kind of confident, confident thing in like yeah, being able exactly. to do it. That's like he I probably maybe he still can do it, but like um, it's it's more of a kind of belief in his head that you know he's not going to feel that pain and it's not just going to like give way like beneath him as he like swing through the ball. But I yeah no I definitely agree with you. I think he 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 definitely needs to work on like the consistency of it and uh, and his yeah, um yeah, first so. serve percentage at the moment. I'm just like not enough first serves <laughs> in. I mean because he's got yeah. a, such a huge first serve and mm. and it's he, he can't his second serve will always be a weakness to to one degree yeah. or another whether it's small or big. It's always going to be one of the weaker parts of his game. So he can't afford to be making under sixty five percent of those first yeah. serves. If it drops into the high fifties, it's just anyone's dangerous then for him. Yeah, it's gonna be hard yeah. for him. Yeah. That's uh that that that's probably some of the most like actual like analysis of tennis <laughs> that we've had on this podcast before. But it's welcomed yeah. because like yeah, always always good to kind of like mix it up a little bit. But But I, there is I, I po- think... like hope, I think. There's positivity. Like I think oh, for sure. there's a lot like none of the issues he's facing are not fixable. He can make more first serves, he can get a bit more pace off the back and he can rotate a little bit extra. I don't think any of these things are like there's there's nothing I'm seeing where I'm like, oh, he can't do such and such thing anymore, therefore yeah. it's all you know, it's gone. Like there's no, nothing for sure. like that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's all things that he can probably, you know, like work towards, you know, getting 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 in shape for him. To he is end. a momentum player. I mean, you know, I think he is. Twenty fourteen. Exactly. I mean, the whole season was pretty much dead just because of the one back surgery from twenty thirteen. It took him well over a year to get back to that to his best. So he, he sure. is a rhythm player. And then when he plays three tournaments and then gets coronavirus or two tournaments and then the the, the year stops Riddle. because of COVID or two tournaments and then obviously now um he's not he's missing Dubai and it's hard for him because he doesn't get that those reps in and he doesn't mm. and so almost every tournament he plays is a comeback tournament after two or three months and he, he at some point hopefully the schedule will open yeah. up and he can start playing five tournaments in I don't know two three months because then he'll start to feel that rhythm come back and that confidence yeah I hope that happens for him on, in the clay season mm. I think um, yeah. he said that he won after the Hassa match I think he said yeah. or, or I don't know after the Rublev match he said I want to try and play a full Clay yeah. swing, I think so. it'll be good for yeah. him for sure. Yeah. I think. I think, I think it'll be really yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. And he has good chances because some some of these next gen players on clay like, they are the not great. Yeah, on clay they are engaged. Quite. So no, he has. Not. As long as I'm he doesn't face Rafa though, right. or something, I think he should be fine. Oh God, please don't give <laughs> us Rafa in post Andy yeah. surgery. <laughs> oh God. I mean, 2014 yeah, Roland Garros was enough. I can't take anymore. But um. But yeah, no, I, 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 you know what? Like the one thing that I did want to say about Rotterdam that I'm not sure if I mentioned last week's episode or not that uh, his his loss to Rublev, obviously then Rublev went on to win the event, and Rashmi was very happy. Uh, but uh, like, I feel like did Andy like Andy at least got a similar level of games against? And I know it doesn't come down to that. Like everyone plays differently in different sure. matches, and but. 
like Andy definitely got I think he got like a, a you know a similar amount of games to City Pass against him right like it was similar I'm not sure I'm, yeah. uh, you know it might be might be slightly over on similar Ruben match Lev, pattern but... like one tight set and then an easier set yeah, which exactly. is kind of what yeah. Rublev did all week is he got through a, a tight first and then would kind of run away yeah. with the second so and then powers it through yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah honestly yeah, yeah, Stefanos won one more game one more game so, yeah. you see oh, wow. I, you know Good like enough. again like that's nothing, and you know you can't look too much into that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know it was still like it's part part he, of it. He, like, he was very competitive, which I think people were worried going sure. in that it wasn't going to be because obviously he's going to get steamrollers. Yeah. Yeah. one match in Montpellier and then struggle fest against Haas. people were like, oh god, yeah. this could be really bad. But actually, he kind of proved a lot of people wrong that first set. I mean, he's that close to taking the first set, then you never know where the match is going. From there. Two double faults. Those two double faults. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's exactly what you say though, Pierre, about his second serve. Yeah. Yeah, has to make more first <laughs> yeah. serves on those big points. Yeah, he does. Sure. He truly does. Yeah. But then, to be yeah. fair to him, Rotterdam, with the court being that slow, even with a lot of first serves, it would have been hard for him that week. It's going to hurt him. He has to be, you know, playing yeah. for, on faster surfaces. Like, I mean, obviously, Dubai, it's a shame he's not there, but obviously, it's you know, he has his reasons, obviously. But Dubai would have been that kind of court if he can find a few more tournaments like that. Cincinnati's fast enough. Miami should yeah. be fast enough. Those are the kind of court speeds that he needs to have that success, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm excited, I'm excited yeah, for Miami. I'm excited for Miami. Hopefully, hopefully so, Andy can make it. Yeah. Yeah, Fingers, crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. Tennis this week. Who watched? Who watched them this week? Like this, like the the week that we've, so, that we've just passed. What happened like, this week? Um, your boy, uh, Rublev. Let's just stick on Rublev. Can we talk yeah, about that? So he had a bit of a wild week. Yeah, he that had a bit crazy. of a he had a bit crazy of a crazy. Week. Yeah, so he <laughs> came to Doha um, after winning the title in Rotterdam. Was hoping to play his first match against Fuchovic again um, <laughs> after he played him just in in the Rotterdam final, and then found oh no sorry no it wasn't Fuchovic sorry it was uh, it who was, was his second uh, Gasquet Gasquet that's right Gasquet. Gasquet it was Gasquet sorry so he was going to play Gasquet or Richard and Gasquet Richard and Richard withdrew from mm. the match I don't mm. know, know how long before it was like an hour before yeah really really, uh, yeah, really, play. Yeah. really not long. Um, and after that, uh, Rublev was playing the double, so he was getting some match play. But then after that, in the second round or third round, whatever it was, because he got a bye in the first, um, Fuchovic withdrew yeah. <laughs> as well. So Andre has become like the first player in the ATP since they started in the open taking era. records. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, to get back to two walkovers mm. <laughs> back to back. Yeah, unbelievable, um, crazy. So he basically got into the semifinals without playing a match in the singles. That so. nerfed his week though, ironically. Like I know people were like, oh, he needs the rest, but actually, I, he's young enough. He doesn't need five, six days. I off. would agree He, with he that. needed the matches to not play that long, and then walk into yeah. a red hot Batista Grigu. That was. Curtains. Yeah. No, people like, were saying people were saying that Rublev has got become lucky. He's going to win the tournament yeah. now. He, no, he, I, like, I, the sec- after the second withdrawal, I was like, no, you can't have two matches in a row where you don't play like one max. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Yeah, like, and like, especially he was going to play Bautista Agut, and I was like, Bautista Agut, very like he doesn't get his dues. Player. He really doesn't like because his no. game isn't flashy. He doesn't get his dues, but he's a fantastic player. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah just con- completely consistent. Uh, in that match against Rublev, just incredible. I've not seen him play that well in a long time. Mm. Like insane. Yeah. yeah. Played crazy tennis. I think like mm. like going back slightly to the uh, to to the walkovers that Rublev had. I think like somewhat coincidentally um, for us, uh, I think the only kind of players that like you know could maybe benefit from like a couple of walkovers in an event, maybe the slightly older players such as. 
Andy Murray. <laughs> like, if Andy had been there, like, you know, and I know we're always saying Andy needs matches, but if he's in a tournament and he's going to get matches, like, very soon in the next couple of days anyway, maybe a couple of walkovers would have been good for him. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, it's you're quite right, Pierre. Like, it's... Um, yeah, a, a player like Rublev. No. Yeah, a player like Rublev thrives on the consistency of playing day in, day out. And, yeah. Um, then to come he up against the momentum. Him. He yeah. 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 just broke his momentum. momentum. Yeah. 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 And then to play like human ball machine uh, RBA is uh, like it's it's not going to go well for him, is yeah. it? So. Well, an RBA coming and off the team did... win. I mean, so confident that he must have for been sure. going to that oh, semi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that match was insane. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, team is playing well. I thought team was going to win. Team is uh, something going on like with him at the moment. Like he hasn't yeah. said he hasn't said something. anything. Oh, okay, we can briefly talk about him then, I guess. But yeah. like he he does seem to be. I think he's not revealing everything because he doesn't want to kind of. Um, uh, I guess he doesn't want to show that weakness and make everybody mm. realize that he's not in good form. But against Kyrgios, he was a mess. Against Grigor, he was a mess yeah. at the Australian, mm. and then here again against Batistuk, yeah. and then even dropped a set against Karatsev, who's playing really well, but still you would expect mm. Dominic to come through a tiebreak from five two up. So I yeah, think there's that was a, a weird tiebreak. Sorry, yeah, that was that was a weird tiebreak. I think Dominic was leading five two in yeah. that tiebreak, and then yeah. Karatsev won at seven five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's just not normal. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what just... no. Not He's going yeah. through something, but obviously he's not willing to share what it is. But whether it's an off court issue yeah, or an injury with, like, or something. Yeah, I think with like with the clay, with the clay coming up, I don't think he wants to show that weakness at no, all, especially no, to like Rafa no. or, or Novak or anyone. Uh, so, yeah. Am I right in thinking? I don't know. We'd have to maybe look up a quote to to check. But like, I think a, a few people have pointed out like. Is it his like leg or his ankle or something like that? Like he maybe kind of pulled. He was off touching his, his Achilles like almost a little bit. Um, it might be that. Achilles. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, like, and I think I I I think they asked him this again. Like, <laughs> might might be totally wrong, but I think I saw a quote somewhere that like a journalist asked him afterwards, and mm. I think team said that you know, it, it's uh like again I should have read it, but it was like more of a kind of like he was like this kind of bothers me all the time. It's really not something to worry about, and like mm. very much kind of a, it's fine. Like Down don't like it. it's yeah. yeah don't don't worry about mm. it. Like it's always there for me. It's you know it's not something. So yeah, I I don't know. Mm. Like it's it's interesting because obviously he's a you know a Grand Slam champion now. He uh, and it's also not one of those things where it's like. Uh, he, he he won a slam and he immediately dipped off after that because you know he did amazingly in the world tour finals. Yeah, no, I think maybe that tour finals loss against Medvedev something happened after Could that. Be. I think that was a, quite a turning point. That was quite was a bad like a loss for break. him, you know. Because obviously after yeah. he lost to Sitsipas year before in the third set breaker, he came back really wanting to win this year. Beats mm-hmm. Nadal, yeah. beats Djokovic. You think okay, this is his year, and then loses yeah. again yeah. in the final. I mean that's tough. Yeah, it is brutal. Oh. It is brutal. But um, and what happened in that match against Dimitrov? I didn't watch it. But so he he just didn't like just couldn't make a single ball. I mean, it was just a complete error machine. And then obviously that tournament was so bizarre with Grigor. Then then literally the next morning or whatever, pulling his Corrative, back, yeah. just doing nothing. You know, <laughs> literally, because I think he got asked in the press conference, you know, were you practicing? He said no. I literally was just walking around and I felt my back just go like that, and yeah, that was awful. Because I, I feel like as much as Novak was probably you know, going to win that tournament after Fritz didn't capitalise in the third round. Like, I still think Grigor would have given him a great match in the semis. That was a real huge loss for the tournament. Oh, yeah. I know disrespect yeah. to Karatsev because yeah. he obviously earned his way to the semis. He played a fantastic event. But I feel like he wasn't at his best in that quarterfinal compared to the round three and the round four against Schwartzman and, and Felix. Yeah. So 
yeah. that was a loss for the tournament when, when Grigor just pulled up injured like that. Yeah, so talking about Karatsev, actually, so he played doubles with, with Rublev, right? Yeah. Um, That's right. They didn't they actually didn't drop a set to, to oh, wow. the title. That uh, is to the, crazy. To, yeah. That is yeah. Um, they, and they played in the ATP Cup, obviously, in the beginning of the year. Yes. And <laughs> Medvedev and Rublev were kind of calling him the, the secret weapon of Team Russia. Um, and it, little did they know he'd make the semis oh, of the Grand I mean, Slam crazy. like weeks later. Yeah. I wonder how Andre crazy. feels like the Aslan has a semi-final before he starts. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that. I you know they talk about that? that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like you tease him about it a little bit, maybe. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> that yeah, is funny, um, um, So that was crazy. And I think that was great for Andre to, oh, to for get sure. uh, some happy feeling after losing to, to Batista. He was really frustrated Absolutely. in that Batista I, I'm match, surprised like at how frustrated he was, but then... Yeah. I think you know what it's a good thing, like because it seemed to be positive frustration. He just really wants to win. He's just yeah. so such a great competitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. He uh, wanted. He wanted to. to he, well, he believes he in himself. You know, he yeah. just believes that he's always yeah. going to come back, which I think is the yeah. difference in yeah. his game now between now and three years ago. Is he thinks, okay, I'm down a set to a top fifteen player. I I can still do this. I can pull this one out. So I think that's yeah. what it is. Mm. It was. It was great to see. Yeah, like I um. So yeah, like uh, yeah, Andre, Andre obviously doing fantastically there in the in the doubles after after a bit yeah. of a bit of a setback in singles. Um, but yeah, like I guess I guess we should also chat about the big event of this week, uh, the return of uh, uh, that 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 small player that like you know what's uh, what's his name? That I can't old ball remember, boy, like, that, that guy, yeah. that ball boy from Switzerland. He was a ball boy. He was a ball boy. Yeah. <laughs> what ball boy? I don't know. I don't know who yeah. he is really. Roger uh, came back. Yeah. Yeah, Roger Federer. Um, um, what did you guys think? What what like did you guys watch matches or? Yeah. I, I obviously we know Pierre is a huge Federer fan, like mm-hmm. huge Federer fan. So I'm a Federer fan too, but not as huge as that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it was yeah. a it was a crazy week for, for for us Fed fans. It was really crazy because you know we've been we've been looking at Doha for quite a long time now, knowing that was the comeback event, and so we there was a lot of hope put behind that. And on on top of mm-hmm. that, as much as I'm literally the first person to go, don't look, you know, don't look at the draw, don't assume anything. When when it's your favorite, you look at the draw, and then you're getting excited yeah. because. Chorich is withdrawing and you're saying he doesn't have to play Chorich now. Milman loses to Basilashvili and you're saying, well, Milman's a problem for him. He's gone. And so you do get a bit excited. You yeah. think, OK, Evans is a great matchup for him. They have the same game, but Evans just doesn't do it things quite as well. So you're saying, OK, that's yeah. great for him. And then and then the way he closed that match out, I was really you know, proud of him for fighting through a lot of obvious fatigue. Um, and even though I knew he would be compromised the next day, I still felt that if he could get on the gas early, that he would be able to come away with it in two, which is why yeah. I was so surprised that he kind of went the opposite way and went up a set, then let the second go to put effort into the third. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, the third set, I mean, it was it was a, it was a tough watch, you know, I won't lie, it was tough because you could just see that he, right now he can't move the way he, he wants to move, you know, you can see mm-hmm. that, especially going into the forehand corner, he's so compromised there at the moment, and even Basilashvili, who's a player that, with all due respect, I don't think uses the full extent of his brain at all times on the court, um, no. even he could tell that Roger was really struggling, and so he started really bullying his forehand going into the corner um, with the patterns, um, and then still Roger had a, a match point, Um so so it's disappointing, oh, but yeah. then I think yeah. what's more disappointing for Fed fans is not the loss, it's the fact that he we kind of expected him to play Dubai. Like, he was playing it down, but he, we knew he was entered, and we kind of thought, well, he'll play because, you know, the field is not 
the same this year and he'll have enough days off if he wants to start midweek uh, through next week with the bye and everything. So I think it was a bit shocking to us that he that he pulled out there as well. But clearly he just doesn't feel ready yet to, to compete at the highest level. And it's not that he played badly. He beat a top 30 player. Then he's lost to the eventual champion of, of the event in a close three setter. So it's not by any means a bad level for a near 40 year old. But I think he knows that he has a ways to go when it comes to this movement, which is kind of why as much as Fed fans are complaining uh, a lot about the clay season, oh, we don't want Roger to play on clay. I kind of do want him to play on the clay because... When he, play yeah, when he yeah. played in the Wimbledon final in 2019, which, you know, horrible, but anyway, <laughs> um, his, his whole tournament was unbelievable because of the clay, because I think it gave him a lot of confidence that, you know what, in best of five, in long ruling matches, I can still I can still gut these wins out. And so we saw a lot of that mental toughness. So I think for his match rhythm now, he needs to play a lot of matches. And so he cannot afford to miss the clay. He needs to play. And I'm absolutely yep. all for him. I don't know whether it's Munich or wherever. If he wants to turn up at some 250 that people don't expect him to go to, I think would be a great decision. Because other than I think Sitsipas sometimes plays in Estoril, but that is a really dead week usually in the calendar. So he'd be wise to pick that one for his his comeback before Madrid, I would say. Hmm. You think he'd do it? I don't think he. I don't think he would do that. I don't think though. he would. I think he should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different thing. Uh... He should. <laughs> <laughs> I hope yeah, it's a good idea. whatever tournament can afford it, just throw appearance, appearance fees. Just throw in the millions. Him. But let's go back to the matches real quick. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, I stopped watching for the second set yeah. in both Dan Evans and Basilis Feelys because I was just like, what's going on? Um, it was 6-3 that Dan uh, mm. won the second set and 6-1, and I, I just wanted to tune out. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened, but, I mean, Dan was playing well enough, and uh, oh, Dan I think was playing I said well. this. I thought he yeah, was. Dan played really before. well. I don't give Dan yeah. enough credit. Um, oh. but it was... Is that because you don't like him? All right. Yeah, I, I mean, mean to be fair, I, don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Um, not a fan of him, but... You know, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not, but he did play well. You know, he definitely played very well, but I think I think the Basilash really matched, especially the second set, Roger just totally threw in the towel for, for half an hour and said, look, he's peaking, he's redlining, yeah. I'm going to give him this set and I'm going to try and put my efforts into the third. And, and to be honest, I was funny because yeah. I was watching it um, with my friend and I said to my friend, look, if Roger can just keep holding his serve in this side, Basil Ashford, will throw in a bad service game because he's so streaky. And sure enough, at 4-5, mm-hmm. he makes a couple of poor mistakes and Roger gets the match point. And then I was actually looking oh. back at the match point this morning because... You know, like when when your favourite loses a close match and you just don't want anything to do with the result and you kind of put it behind yep. you. Peter knows then, exactly yeah, what you're talking about. Exactly. And then you go back, but then you go back a few days later and you go, look, let me have a look at this match point because I haven't looked at it and I don't really remember what happened. And there was a return that he hit, very short slice block. He could have got so much more purchase on that. I mean, it was so short off just a decent first serve. And I'm like, why didn't he try and get another foot and a half on that return? Because Bazalash really... Uh, was was clearly kind of pedalled back after the first serve, was clearly going to stay at the baseline, but only came forward because of how short the return was. So that was a very bad return from, from Roger on match one. But again, he'll look at that. He'll know uh. that that was, you know, something he can't afford to do. And, you know, I think he's got it six weeks or something until Madrid. So he's got plenty of time well. to get, get his knee a little bit more strengthened because he clearly didn't want to put a lot of uh, weight into his knee and loads into his knee. I could see even off the serve, he wasn't as... Uh, explosive yeah. um, because I think he's just desperate 
to play the Olympics and he's desperate to play Wimbledon and he's, and he knows that one oh, setback, one really injury mid match, he's not gonna come back. So he, he has to be so oh, careful. I'm so I'm so like hopeful that I'm he can crossing because... every finger, honestly. Yeah. But he he keep I don't know, do you think it's wise for him to say like I'm I'm waiting for the grass. I wanna I think it is because it takes pressure off him, you know, during the clay. I think it takes a lot of pressure off him saying that, well, my season doesn't start until Halle, then, you know, then he can kind of just a bit like he did in 2019, where he kind of played a lot of freedom with a lot of freedom in the clay season and actually then surprised Mm. even himself with quarters of Madrid, quarters of Rome. um, And even in Madrid, he he had, yes, I mean, the Roland Garros. And then he had a match points against team in in Madrid. He could have easily won that match. So So he played very well that whole, yeah, no, every, every Roger Loss, he says a match point involved every time. Do you know there was a stat the other day where he it, apparently he's lost twenty three matches from match point up. Twenty three. And Novak yeah, it's like six, that. and like Nadal it's like seven, and I'm like, oh, Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it that is. is tough. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I I guess yeah the the one thing I wanted to say about about Roger yeah like it was that second set of that of that bash. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> terrible name. Terrible pronouncing names. Um, yeah, like as you say, like he he did. D- did you think that that was primarily down to like um, yeah, like fatigue rather than any injury? Because like I I I I was watching like a few of the rallies. Yeah. And yeah, I I was quite I was quite concerned because like he really did not like. Uh, like especially towards the end of the set, I think by the end of the set yeah. maybe it was kind of a like yeah. it's all over anyway. But like he really was not running for balls. He wasn't like he was like it was quite hard. Like it was tough like to watch even as you yeah, know uh, not the hugest Federer fan. But like it was like it was hard. Like it was tough to tough. It to was see very tough, of, and there was a real panic on on my timeline from from my fellow Fed fans. I mean they sure. were fully spiraling because they were like, is he injured? Is has he reaggravated the knee? Has it? For you sure. know I kind of understood that paranoia. <laughs> And it's, he's only just got back. I mean, yeah. that's the last thing we want. But I don't yeah. think there's a huge injury. I mean, he actually said in the post-match press conference, which he very rarely even talks about his injuries, but he briefly said, look, my shoulder's a bit sore. I struggled with my serve a bit, which makes sense as to why his serve reps and speeds went down in the second and third, which really killed yeah. him because he has to dominate off, of, off his serve at his age. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think he was just being very cautious because then I noticed in the third set briefly before he lost his serve at the end, he did seem to be picking it up again, was returning with a bit more intensity. So I think he was just saying, look, I've got 20% left in the reserves already after one set. Let me just, you know, let him peak, let him get into his rhythm and then I'll throw him out of his rhythm, which he kind of did pretty well. It's just that he didn't take the match point. I mean, it's very easy to say, look, he gets a bit more return on that slice. Basilashvili shanks the backhand wide and Roger's in the semis and he's playing Fritz. I mean, and then who knows what happens. So I think Yeah, it's, who knows from there, it's right? It's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um Yeah. We were uh, we were actually chatting a bit before before this episode, before we started recording this episode yeah. about uh, about Federer a little bit. And like I, I was saying, you know, uh, you know, Murray Musings, we get all different fans on here. We don't show any bias towards any, you know, like player aside from Andy Murray, obviously. Uh, but yeah, obviously Pierre's a big, a big Federer fan, and uh, you know, I don't dislike Federer at all. I don't, you know, but I'm just not like the biggest fan of him. Like, but I, I was saying, like, I, I, I was really like, you know, I'm obviously really looking forward to whenever Andy plays a match, and like, you know, I, I almost like mold my day around watching him but I was actually really excited to see Federer back and see I think him, the whole big four back. like it, when I, I'm not a big fan 
um, of Rafa, although I, I really respect him and no, he's a no, really great yeah. guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Novak. Obviously, I respect his yeah. achievements and what he's what he's achieved as a player is unbelievable. But yeah. and even though I'm, I would never root for Peter's either one not, of them, Peter's really not a big fan Peter, of Novak. No, I mean, me, me neither. <laughs> me neither on a personal level, but I'm talking professionally. He's Fair, an yeah, unbelievable yeah, no. player. Um, but yeah, um, so I think either one of them, if they took six months off, I mean, I mean, when Novak came back um, after his injury, yeah. I watched his match against Chung even before that it was close because I was oh, like I just want to yeah. see what's going to happen because we're at the end of the day we're tennis fans like we what, prefer to watch our favourites but like these guys are exactly, have yeah. been tennis for 15 years so we, we kind of mm-hmm. it's not that we owe it to them to watch them when they come back but it's that you know you're missing out if you if one of them yeah. comes back after six months and you don't at least to have a look at how they're playing you know yeah I would yeah, yeah I would agree like and that, that's what I mean like I was just yeah I was so like literally watched both his matches in full and just yeah really really excited to watch and I uh, yeah really did enjoy it so um I, I think I think it's also one of those things where it's like the guy's like 39 right like and I I also mm. think you know yeah there was definitely a few more errors from him in that Dan Evans match in the first round and you know but I I, I genuinely think if you look back at that Dan Evans match high quality would, you, you, yeah, very high quality. Yeah. I think he did really well. Wasn't like, bad. You know, the backhand think... winners, though. Oh backhand my God. was really good. Like I was like, whoa! Amazing, <laughs> amazing to watch. Amazing to watch. Um, so yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I had a lot. I had a lot of fun with Federer this week. So you it's know. tough for Fed fans though when you look at how he came back last time, and you know people were like, you know, kind of wondering like, oh, what if he comes back and he's playing his best? But I just, I knew that, you know, four years older makes such a difference, and the yeah. layoff isn't. It's not five and a half months. It's 14 you know a big difference between five and a half and 14 so I think you know he just isn't he's going to need a lot longer this time I I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him until Halley or Wimbledon to even resume at a top 10 level really I wouldn't be surprised I don't think the clay is going to be great for him but if he has a couple of those bad losses then it is what it is because I think the ATP have announced that they're doing a another change to the ranking system so you're now losing only 50 oh, percent no. of the point which i'm not in support yeah. of but that's another another thing for another day so again. <laughs> it, helps him, though. it helps roger though, it helps yeah. roger it so I, i'm it you know but i'm even i can be like okay this is a bit ridiculous like how much help do these big four well big three now because yeah. obviously andy's not getting any benefit from the ranking but novak and, <laughs> and nadal like oh, how no, much benefit yeah. do they need like you know they, they're winning yeah. enough as it is without the ranking changes but you know i, I think for back to roger really quickly to end on his like come back. I think it's while it's disappointing he's not gonna play Dubai and it's disappointing he lost to Basilashvili and I'm not big on Basilashvili either, yeah. so again but you know No, I think uh like just on that note, I think we should all say that yeah, none of us are big fans of Basilashvili. Whatever Basil it's really like, we don't Basil, care, I called like, him Basil honestly, Brush earlier this week and Susie honestly, yeah, like, whatever, yeah, Basil like, Brush like, works. So. Um, but if, no, I if, think if, if yeah, like yeah. if you're wondering why, like go and go and Google him. Like Google, I'll put a warning at Google, the start of this yeah. episode. I'll 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 make sure because but, yeah, not but not no. As, as, as much as it's disappointing for Fed fans, I think it's easy to, to get caught up in a, a loss and have recency bias and get all negative. And I was talking to yeah. a couple of Fed fans in my DMs the other day who were like, oh, you know, I just don't know if he can do it this time. And I was like, well, look. I mean, I've been. We've all been through this with Andy. Like, there is no point giving up on him when he's not giving up on himself. Like, as long as Roger and exactly. Andy are going to go out there yeah. and compete, we've got to support and believe in them. This is our, you know, for duty sure. as their fans is to support them, hope for the best. It's not that we expect them to win, but we hope they do, and we're going to believe that they can, and we're going to, you know, mm-hmm. just support them because that's like otherwise, what are you 
what are you there for, you know? Yeah, the same the same goes for, for Del Potro, right? Yeah. Yes. Same goes for Del Potro. Yes, that, he is somebody that I uh, want to bring up. I just up really cause... want him to come back. He's another guy that if you're not a big fan of him, you just really wanted to see him back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same for same for for example Kokinakis who just came who back. just came and, back played um, unbelievable yeah, against for both yeah. of them. I'm yeah. literally yeah. And rooting playing... and praying for them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He's playing this week. He's playing the Acapulco Quali. So oh great, great. He does that. Wait, uh, yeah. Del Potro? Kokinakis. Oh, okay, yeah, Kokinakis. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 He's uh, definitely so, in the list of the wasted like talents due to injury. I mean, like it's yeah. such a long list. And Chung as well, like uh, yeah. just sad. De- on the on the Del Porto note though, like uh, yeah, you, you guys you guys see the quote from him, like he, yeah, he that he's not football. he's not giving up really. He's he's gonna try one gonna last yeah. one yeah. last time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, really gonna push for one for the Olympics. I think he said, which surprised me because I'm not sure what his ranking is. So is he gonna get like a wild card or something, or how is that gonna work? Because not sure he's not an Olympic champion, but maybe I think no. I think it's like if you're a slam winner or a number one, you can get a wild card for the Olympics. Because I know the Venus fans were asking what her role is for the Olympics this year because her ranking is not where it needs to be yet for the entry list. She needs to go up another Mm. twenty places. So if she doesn't make it, she might get a wild card. Because obviously, with with it only being four players allowed from each country, there is yep. this like the people aren't really talking about it, but it could get a bit dicey on the American tennis front on for the women because you get you could have a top forty or top fifty American woman uh, WTA player missing so out. So what, what American players time. are there? What American so players are there? So you've got Alison Risk, I think, is still top thirty because of the ranking bizarre ranking system. Um, you've got uh, Keys, Madison, Madison Keys. Keys. Um, yeah. You've got Anisimova um, as well and Kennan. So that's Stevens? four players. Would Sloane Stevens be there? Sloane is, I think, still around 50 she's or 60, low, right? but she's lower down now. But yeah. um, there's at least four players ahead of Venus. So she's going to take someone's spot if she does get a wild card. And then I was like thinking about that myself. Oh, the no. debate is to do you have Venus come in because she's a legend and, you know, it's her last year probably and everything. Or do you, yeah. you know, just allow the top four players in? It's It's a difficult one. That's oh a tough gosh. one. Yeah, I don't want to be in the boardroom making that decision. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, can they also take the double spot? Because, of course, I know in 2000, Lisa Raymond had an yes, issue yeah. with Serena taking that spot, I believe. They, I think I'm they can correct. take the double spot as well. I think they can. I think yeah. they can. Which would, again, oh cause like a bit of controversy, but... At the end of the day, like, what is tennis without controversy? Because like every week there's some drama. Like we just, it's every week. <laughs> on tennis yeah. Twitter. There's always something. Every, every week. <laughs> tennis Twitter is gonna have a field day with that. Yeah, um, yeah. can imagine. <laughs> well, yeah. So sh- shall we? Shall we segue to, um, I suppose, Dubai for the for the women and also Doha for to, to of course, yeah. going on this week. Absolutely. So has yeah. anyone watched? Um, uh, was it Doha last week where Kvitova won the title? Yes, that was an final. amazing what match. What did I watch? Mm. Um, so I watched a lot of uh, Garbina's matches yes. uh, this past two weeks. Um, and, I mean, I love Petra. Yeah. Um, I love her story and what she's come back to. Great and story. I don't really want to talk about, yeah. you know, the no. narrative. But no. if y'all want to Google that, that's fine. For yeah. sure. Um, but I, I just loved the way that she was playing. Um, I thought that uh, Muguruza had a chance um, with the way that she was playing before and, of course, yeah. for the Australian Open and everything. Um, but Petra was just peak Petra. She was on fire. So, I mean, <laughs> she won 6-2, 6-1. <laughs> so, a pretty yeah, much a clinic, that, yeah, that was good. 
pretty impressive. <laughs> Petra is one of those players, you know, she can, you know, lose sets to all sorts of players early in the week. But once she's dialed in and she's healthy, she can obliterate anyone when she's in her peak form. Yeah, like she's such a she's got such an interesting game. Like, you know, mm. if she's yeah, if she's on fire. She's like redlining and landing balls right in the line, landing winners and then. The minute she's off it and she's spraying airs. Like it's funny though, isn't it? Like how much confidence sure. plays into your form. And like I was thinking about this the other day because um Kvitova is really like the last like aside from Serena because she's in her own like goat category of longevity, of we all know that. Absolutely. But but um Kvitova is the only person left from her generation still at the top of the women's game. I mean Wozniacki's retired, Sharapova's retired, um Kerber is uh, pretty much close to retirement at this point, so you know, uh, Lina retired. <laughs> no, but she, you yeah, know, she's, she's holding on for the Olympics, and then I think she's going to call it quits. Right there. You know, but <laughs> and then yeah, so and then Lina's retired, although she kind of was bridging that generation more than anything. But there's nobody left from from Petra's generation. If you look at like yeah. when Petra has made the tour finals the first time in 2011, she's Red the Vanska only advanced as, well, right? as, well. as well. Yeah, Red I think Azarenka's as, as yeah. still there, but she's not quite you know she's only just come back and she was in the wilderness obviously with her her unfortunate circumstances for a long time so Petra has been the only stalwart for the last four or five years which I never would have guessed if mm. you'd have told me that in 2013-14 no. when she was so streaky and everything yeah. already I was like oh no she's not going to have the, a long a long career but she she really has and I'm just I'm disappointed for her that she's not been able to capture that third major because she's had her chances but it just isn't isn't happening at the oh, moment yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, Do you uh, think um, Wimbledon's a good shot for her? <laughs> I, was just about I feel like it always is, you know, like it always is. But and but she never seems to perform well there anymore because of the pressure that I think she puts herself under because she knows that's her best oh, slam yeah. now. So she ends up peaking at the Australian now and and the French. I mean, the French Open. I mean, she made the semis last year, I think. So yeah. you know, she ends up performing better now at slams where she puts less uh, less pressure on herself, which is a kind of funny way, like as to how it's funny how team wins the U.S. Open when we all think that the French will be the first yeah. slam. And, and Indian wins. Wells. And Indian Wells, you know, because you you tend now to peak, <laughs> players are peaking where they don't expect to do well because they don't put that expectation on themselves. Yeah, like, team team yeah. hasn't won a, uh, like, a claim after she has, he, so... <laughs> like, and despite like, the fact... For example, like, Barty, Barty winning the French Barty. Open. Barty winning Although, the French Although, to be honest, Halep like, winning that Wimbledon. was a crazy, that draw, I mean, I've never seen <laughs> such a draw in my life. I love Ash. I've met her twice. She's such a like a nice oh, girl. Wow. She's cool. a, yeah, That's Birmingham at the, at the Birmingham Premier. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, she's oh, wow. she's a lovely girl, class act, and she's a great sort of representative for the for the WTA tour. But like that draw was shambolic. It just had to be said. <laughs> it really. What I mean, you know, it was just. I don't know if she played anyone inside the top 20 for the whole tournament yeah. which you just have to say look I mean <laughs> that's not oh I think maybe keys and that was it and it, so it, yeah I mean it's and it's funny because Ash I feel has played a lot better at other slams but she yeah. hasn't been as mentally exactly. tough as she was in that one which is I think because of the French she never even thinks I think thought that she was going to make a second week let alone win the title I mean she once said about the clay <laughs> every week on the clay is closer to to a week on grass so I mean you know her attitude towards clay was not <laughs> Was not Amazing. very positive, you know. I, I had never what heard that quote from Ash. Have you not? That's oh, she amazing. said it. I think like the year or something before she won. That oh, every week on clay is a week closer to Wimbledon or something, and it's like so also, yeah, yeah. Also, 
Also, like, um, Ostapenko won it out of nowhere as well. And and Ostapenko's a funny one, isn't she? Like, she really... I can't think of a more random slam champion. And then, obviously, since then, she She had a deal with the devil. She did, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Just randomly winning it. That was so unbelievable. The way, like, I've never... I think in, like, my 15 years of watching tennis, like, I don't think I've ever seen such a, like, peak performance. Like, it's up there with, like, peak Kvitova and peak like Serena and like when you look at how every line she was hitting every single return win I like <laughs> I've never seen anyone peak like that you know it was unbelievable and then for her to never find that level again really is it's kind of one of those tennis uh those weird tennis stories that you look like even Isovich winning Wimbledon although he was obviously a better better player respective to his career but it's one of those yeah. where you look back and you're like a one slam you know a one slam trick I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I made a deal with the devil after her win that she'll never win another oh. major. So there's that. <laughs> oh my god! What, what's wrong with I, her? I I don't Do you know like. What? She definitely tore up the draw, yeah. like you're saying. Like it was just oh. so random. And she beat a few of my faves. And I'm like, oh, okay, Stoner who, who and so many others. Uh, and I'm yeah. just like, who else are your I'm faves done. that she beat? I'm like Wozniacki or? Wait, who else? Who else? Um, wait, who did she? Because she beat Halle. Get a draw, like pull a draw. Like, I don't even remember matches. it, believe it or not. It was mostly Stozer. We've so gone way off it. topic of the, of the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know what? Draw, draw it up. Get it up. <laughs> that funny beat? thing is, isn't it, though, with tennis fans, we're always complaining about draws. The draw is too oh, easy okay. for someone we don't like. The draw is too hard for our fans. Like, we're always complaining so about can, draws. Yeah. yeah. I bought the draw for uh, Ostapenko's French Open. So she played... Is it Puig uh, and Vinci Chir- or something? Chirico, um, Chirico, yeah. So she beat Puig in, Chirico in the first round, Puig in the second round, Serenko in the third, Stoser in the fourth Stoser. round, Wozniacki in the quarters, Bichinski in, in the yeah. semis, and Halep in the final. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted Halep to win it. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, to be fair, but again, I've forgotten about that whole entire tournament. So, <laughs> yeah. That, but that really was a lesson in, like, peak peak aggression will always be peak defense any day of the week. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're peak, if you're yeah. peaking your own, and you're an own basher, you are never going to lose. Like, Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was amazing, amazing. It, do you imagine, yeah. it rem- reminds me of that match of, like, Rosal against Nadal, of just, like, just oh, ridiculous nope, lines. Nope, don't remember ball. that match. Amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. insane. Amazing. That's, you know what, yeah. that's, a, that's the first time. I remember watching that match, um, yeah. and, like, just being stunned, like, absolutely on the stunned, <laughs> completely like, stunned by what happened. Like, and it's it, you know what? Like, it's it's honestly worth like going and like looking up the highlights and rewatching it now because it's still just as impressive. Like, we all you know we all know of the, <laughs> and the Andy the Andy chat with Russell at the uh, nobody the liked Johnny No, where where Andy told him <laughs> that everyone hates him. Everybody uh, so, hates yeah. him. Yeah, uh, none no, none of us like Russell. But yeah. that that match against Rafa was <laughs> unbelievable. Like uh, like I've never seen tennis <laughs> like it. The only thing I could compare it to, I tell you, the only thing I could compare it to would be like Chillage at the US Open twenty fourteen when he oh. was twenty fourteen when he just <laughs> yeah. redlined. Oh, I'm sorry for bringing up here. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> when Chillage just had the event of his life. Like out yeah. of nowhere. I, I made it. You know, like Peter just said, he made a deal with the devil. I think I did that with Chillage after that tournament. I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> 
you know how bitter I was that he had Nishikori in the final I was like he was not gonna blow that like respect to K but he was not gonna blow that match like oh yeah you know I I often like to think about that event and think think about like the people who had tickets for the u.s open final oh and they gosh. could have had Federer and like who Djokovic. was the other was it Djokovic? <laughs> which isn't again no disrespect to either chillage or nishikori but like but like, you know can that, you that, that could have been a great final with how they were playing it's just that k it didn't turn up k just wasn't yeah. there mentally for that so it was, it was such an easy match mental, like a but i think thing, yeah. yeah that that chillage tournament i mean he was <laughs> Unplayable. Like everyone, oh, I, I mean, was watching with made, my friends, and he made the Wimbledon final after that, and he made the Australian Open final after that. So he's made a few. Oh, oh yeah, you know, I mean, Chilich is an unbelievable player when he's he yeah. when he's yeah. in when yeah. he's confident. I think with Marin, it's just when he's on low confidence, he gets choky and he starts making he does. a yeah. lot of mistakes. But when he's redlining, like there's no one that he doesn't think I can beat you. Yeah, I can take you out. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of how tennis falls, isn't it? <laughs> like, Did you guys talk the, uh... in a, an old podcast about the like? I wouldn't want to dwell on the Australian Open much, but like the the Pass Nadal match at the Australian Open. Yeah, because that I really was just amazing. On a lot. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, god, I didn't it... watch it though, but I, I was live scoring it and I watched it afterwards. Yeah. Oh my god. I I. Oh. The, the the thing the thing with that match, I I I I went out. I think I went out at the end of like the. Maybe like second set or something like that, and yeah. uh, went to like view a flat, and uh, you know did like went about my day really for a few hours and came back. I was like, I wonder what I scored. I'll probably what I just what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what in the world? Like, what in the world? Just unbelievable, unbelievable comeback. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, sure. I, I could have. I was like, Sitsipas might win this event. Like after that, but I think had he not had Medvedev, I think that's the worst matchup for him possible yeah. to get in a semi-final. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, and then truly. with how Medvedev was playing before the final, but I think we're in a weird era in tennis. Like we're this close to a changing of the guard at the top level. But there's a real inevitability still about Novak's going to win the AO, uh, Rafa's going to win the French. Um, yeah. We know Novak should win the US Open unless they're alliance people, in which case, who knows? Yep. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway. He won the Australian Open because there were no lines, <laughs> lines people. Wow, this is funny. Uh, uh, let me just clarify <laughs> for for yeah. our listeners, any Novak listeners, I'm a Novak fan. Don't worry, don't worry. We're we're well represented. <laughs> I can I can, I, and I can I think feel it's more so just my t- bitterness with the Australian Open. So my apologies. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. I'll but I feel like yeah, I can root for Novak anywhere. I can root for Novak anywhere. It's just Australian Open. I'm like, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like Wimbledon, ironically, is like the one slam now that's the most. D- difficult to predict whereas for a long time Wimbledon was it was Sampras's playground and it was Federer's play and now it's like you really don't know who's going to win Wimbledon it's by far the could most be a gotcha. major could like it could be anyone like, anyone honestly, anyone right? could take it anyone I mean, could come out because a lot who, of the young who, guns I, aren't who? like I, I thought it was quite like clear it wouldn't be a next gen player it would be uh, Roger or Novak on, and on paper yeah um, but then I'm thinking to myself you know even Novak in his Wimbledon runs over the years has had a lot of matches where he's been pushed to the brink because he's not like this is testament to Novak's greatness as a player that he's got four Wimbledon titles and he's not a great grass player like he's just straight yeah. up not a great grass player it doesn't suit his game he doesn't yeah. like hitting he really hates hitting low balls on his backhand and on his forehand he doesn't like the fact he's got to hit up um, on the ball on his backhand side 
Um, so the fact he has four Wimbledon titles is just like a real testament to his greatness because it's not, it's never been his best surface ever. I yeah, I would one hundred percent agree with that. Like, and it's because it's such like a niche kind of surface, isn't it? Like, hard to have any of the internet and like the amount of times that Novak has came into the the Wimbledon, like came into Wimbledon and like not played any other grass court event. Like no. he's just went and played Wimbledon. In. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's crazy, yeah. Like it's didn't he win Eastbourne like a couple of years ago though? Like, but that, that was that was the year that he was injured, I think, and he pulled out in the quarters against Burditch. Yeah. So he's yeah, never actually yeah. won or lead oh, up and then the slam yeah. bizarrely. And then the slam, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy to think about. Crazy. That seems about. like ages ago now. <laughs> oh it God. does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Our listeners are like, where do you go with this? <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, who's won Wimbledon recently? It's just been Novak and Roger, right? Yeah, uh, I think the last so. the last one yeah. was just Andy, obviously, I, I guess. Yeah. In 2016. Yeah, I think that would be it. Mm. Which kind of makes sense, because wow. to me, like, when you look at the last... Since Sampras, it's, you know, Federer, Djokovic, Murray, the top three grass players. In no particular order, but they are the best three grass players for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's no disrespect to Rafa, so but think... he's not on grass. He's not ever yeah. going to be. Yeah. No, no. But what are you saying? Who do you think will, could make a, like, a surprise run at Wimbledon oh, okay. and maybe reach the final or even win? Who uh, do you guys think? Medvedev. I... Although it's not a surprise, but he's got a good game for grass. You know, he's just he you didn't think? play last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't play last year because of, of the a pandemic. And then the year before, I think he lost a Goffan in five sets. But that... He should have won that oh, match, yeah. and then he would yeah. have played Novak in the quarters, and that would have been an interesting matchup to see. Um, so I think Medvedev, if he just mentally is there, I mean, his game, he plays so flat, he loves, he should love that yeah. kind of low, the yeah. low ball. Yeah. And his surf will yeah. go well with it. Mm. I don't know um, much about Stefanos' um, win loss ratio at Wimbledon. It's not good. Yeah. It's not very good. Like I, I was think... just about to say, but I mean, he's played well the past two years or so, and mm. obviously every other surface. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that he would be bad. Yeah. Um. So. Mr. Farnos, he's, he's a threat five. on every like surface. Exactly. It's just yeah. that he's mm-hmm. it's between the ears with him. I mean, he goes from losing to like. I think it was he lost to Fabiano at that Wimbledon, and he's lost to some real bizarre players, and then he can beat Rafa from two sets to love down, which no one's done in fifteen years. Which like, is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> That's crazy to think yeah, about. And, and then, uh, and then he, what happened? He lost to Me- uh, Rublev. To that, uh, to after Rublev that, after that, uh, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. so, and now he lost to Hermer, which I'm well, I like, know, yeah. yeah, that's a oh, good way to bring it back like, to now. Like, we back. went all the way around the years. Like, we do this on every episode of Murray Musings. Like, <laughs> we I time cannot, travel I back can, and then bring it back forward. I cannot believe that Pierre has, uh, Pierre Hugues has made that, that run. Like, Oh, it's really good oh, to see. He, he needed that confidence-wise. I mean, it's been a really tough year. Because I, I thought oh. he wasn't playing too badly before the pandemic. Uh, at the beginning yeah. of 2020, he had a couple of decent yeah. wins and then mm-hmm. just struggled to get his form and confidence back. I don't know, Rashmi, you will probably know, what did he do at the French Open? I was, wasn't really aware. Uh, do, what, yeah, so basically he re- got, lost his bear and I'm really, really sad. Oh, it was so heartbreaking. He was like, I think he served for the match. I don't, don't mm. remember. And it was Sasha's bear yeah. Um, I remember that. It was yeah. a complete choke. Oh, it was I do a remember complete that. choke. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was who got the French Open? He just I seems just, to lose five set because hard he, 
Yeah, and he beat Medvedev at the French in five. So he did, it was like, he did, if he I beats Zverev in the French in five, I was like, this is going to be another one to add to, to the, the bucket list. But uh, he yeah. lost that. It was so sad. Like, even he mentioned that yesterday after he, he beat um, Sitsipas. Oh, really? Like, that Zverev match, I was so cruel that defeat. Like, he mentioned that in the press conference. It must like, be on their mind for ages. It. Like, I know that no players say, yeah. like, we move oh, yeah. on, but they don't. They, they, they sit there and they feel Not about at it. all. No, no, And no. Zverev was not playing well at all. He was just. No getting balls yeah, back into the middle of the court and Pierre really. was missing Pierre was yeah. making the errors like it was so sad like, I, yeah. I really wanted that for him um, but he lost that and then I think that kind of derailed his momentum a bit uh, he was playing well even before that that match I don't remember what round that was I think it was probably second round or something but he was playing well um, and should have won that match can we quickly can we quickly t- touch on the fact that um, like I'd, somebody's looking over you Rashmi because like the minute that like one of your players <laughs> loses a singles match. Someone like, has a revival. The other Another one, fame uh, is like, good. you know, yeah. Andy, and Andy's doing okay. Andy will be back too. And then all three of you guys will be doing well. <laughs> oh, it's just really, really weird year. Yeah, really weird. I, I didn't expect Andre to win a doubles title the yeah. same day the same that Pierre's yeah. beating a top five player in singles. Like, insane. Yeah. Like, I'm just really happy for them. Uh, yeah. For Pierre in particular, yeah. Because uh, he's... He's played. Uh, he played Nishikori in the first round. I was expecting a loss. I was yeah, expecting Nishikori to dominate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and he has beaten Nishikori before in China somewhere. I don't remember which tournament, but he's beaten Nishikori before. Um, no, no, sorry, not China. I don't remember where, but he beat Nishikori. Uh, so he, I think he had that belief that he could do it again. Indoors, Same he's a great Sitsipas, player. He's beaten. Yeah, I mean, he beat Team. I think he's beaten Rotterdam. Yeah, yeah, he's beaten team twice. Uh, he's yeah. beaten Sitsipas now twice. He's beaten Nishikori twice now. Obviously, nearly he's Zverev Medvedev as well. Once. Yeah. Nearly yeah. beaten Zverev. God, Zverev. And he beat Medvedev. Medvedev yeah. is seven five in the fifth at the French Open, so that that was a great win for Pierre as well. But Medvedev was ranked probably like four hundred in the world or something, but still, still a good win yeah. for, for Pierre yeah. in, in uh, at home in, in his home slam. So that was good. Um, so he played Nishikori, then he played Nori. Um, Nori didn't play well at all in that one, and Pierre was very solid. And then Sitsipas, obviously, uh, came back from set down in the first set tiebreak. Um, one shot. It was literally, I think it was, he got, Sitsipas got the early mini breaks, then Pierre got it back. It was 5 all, and then just a really bad error from Pierre. Mm. Like, I think it was a volley that he, he missed and um, Sitsipas got the set. And then I was really just shocked. I thought Pierre would kind of go off mentally and then lose. I was expecting, yeah. that's what I was expecting because that's what I've seen Pierre do in a lot of matches over the past three, four years. Like just mentally not show up yeah. in the second. I was expecting it too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And Sitsipas, the, the, the ironic thing is that's what happened to Sitsipas after the, he won the first. I don't think... He wasn't comfortable. It was, and it was odd because he's won the tournament twice, and mm. he's the two-time defending champion. And Pierre just kind of outplayed him in those two sets. Can we talk about yeah. um, Bublik? <laughs> oh. Yeah, let's talk about um, Sasha. Bubbles. I just wanted to talk about yeah him. Bublik, uh, what take it away, take it away. Okay, he's just crazy. Like he's he's just nuts. Like he's genuinely nuts. Like I I I, I, I like. He's insane. Like I love, I can't take my eyes off the TV when he's playing. Like because I just don't know what he's gonna do. Like he's really crazy. Like in the best way. I mean, yeah. So like, he beat he, he beat he beat uh, Sasha's Zverev in the he first round. He beat Sasha. Yeah. Game. I mean, any day yeah. Sasha loses oh. is a good day, but oh, it's yeah. a yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but um, I was really happy yeah, to see him get like match. kind of a statement win. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I watched the whole match. Zverev was leading, like, up a break, nearly up a double break in the first. And yeah, then he, he lost. He didn't get the double break, and then Bilic just kind of rampaged and won, won the first set and then won the match. And Zverev was very uncomfortable with Bublik's kind of variety. <laughs> I think he hit an Unpredictability. underarm serve. A few, a few, yeah. yeah. I love the... Oh, have you guys talked about the underarm serve? I mean, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's fun to watch. Is it, are we all in favour of it? Or... Oh, um, of course. Right, right, I'm fine right, with right. it. Can I, can I ask, right? I, yeah. Like, so I am in favour of it. I do love a good underarm. Okay. But, like, where is the... Like, where's the line with an the underarm? The line with how like, and where's the line with like mm. hitting a ball? Like, yeah. could you technically like throw it kind of to your side and hit a forehand into the box, like of yeah. your own kind of swing? Could you? Is that something you could do? Is that? Is that I mean, I, I like, don't, I don't know, like how, how, because I think it would be very difficult to hit the ball from behind you and hit like a I forehand out of the air anyway. Yeah. But I think you can. Yeah. I mean, there's no limit as to what you, so long as you're behind the line and you're not over the centre line, um, then I think you're you're good to go, really. That's yep, fair game. Yeah, I, I love it, I love it. Because, like, and it's not, again, really like and respect Nadal and team, but where they stand, you would never get away with that in the 90s. You'd get killed by Krajicek, Sabrin, you'd get killed. Like, the fact that they get yeah. away with standing 10 metres behind, like, I love it when, you know, Bublik or whoever just throws in a little underarm, because it's like, it just kind of spices it up a little bit makes it interesting and kind of reminds them that they need to be a little bit more up on the baseline they can't play every every point from from behind the 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 lacoste signs or whatever it was at the french open yeah it's also yeah. something that like you know uh like the that juniors and you know like club league level players you're like i could do that <laughs> oh no i believe i've played i've played tournaments where these kids now they just start thinking that they're like t when they start standing by like the the face you're like oh my god i can't take this because they're just you're like i might shock it at under armor yeah it's terrible and Um, then the thing is when you miss an under armor you genuinely just want to walk off the court at that point you're like like, i'll retire (laughs) i'll retire they miss it a lot you know like k's missed underarms Bublik's missed a lot of them. Nick Kyrgios misses Garin, a lot. Garin, there's one famous one with Garin missing one, and he's yeah, like angry. Garin, yeah, Garin got so angry about that, like against Bublik. Yeah. And again, yeah, like yeah. why? Like it's fair game. Like you were ready, and he does an underarm. It like, yeah. There's not. There's no yeah. thing to complain about. Sometimes you yeah. see players just getting livid about it, and you're like. Listen, I get it's annoying. Just deal with it. Put up with it. The only time um, that I don't like it is when, like, if if the player totally isn't ready, like they've barely turned around. Because then at that oh, point right, you're yeah, using no, it as a you're using it as a like it's just a bit of a dirty crutch, trick. Then you, they've yeah. got to be ready to yeah. receive the serve. But at the same time, like, nor should you have to televise it. Nor should yeah, you have to sit there and go, I'm about to do underarm serve. Like, no, I'm about to do underarm. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for it. It's funny how um, it, it works sometimes, like, uh, you know, Nixon, a couple of good ones, and Bublik, and then sometimes it can be terrible. I mean, it can just sit up, and it's the easiest put away ever. So it kind of depends I, on... I swear I watched somebody try and hit one against Rafa on the clay ones, and, it, like, it's the worst thing you've ever seen. Like, it, like they hit it, and it's literally just bounces straight up, and Rafa's just, like, <laughs> zeroing yeah. in on it and just Zero rips in. a winner. And you're like, like, come on. <laughs> come on, guys. If you're going to do it, don't do it against Rafa on clay. Like, do it, like, a hardcore, I don't know, but, like, Jesus, it's not good. <laughs> like, it's a bad, it's a bad attempt. But, well, Nick, no, I'm a Nick, big fan. Nick failed, didn't he, when he did it against Nadal? He actually missed that. And then yeah, they, they went on about how disrespectful. Yeah. I'm like, he didn't even go in. Like, they didn't have yeah. to play the point. I mean, what? He didn't win it. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he'd uh, won it, maybe, but... 
Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. But yeah, Bublik's, Bublik's a good watch. He's always a he's little fun. bit of box office. It's good to see yeah, him healthy and, and in the top it truly 60 is. now or something. Yeah, it is. It's mm-hmm. good to see. Um, one other thing I guess, I guess I guess we should also cover is um, uh, G- Garbine's run this week, right? To, oh, yeah, to the title. We're, yeah. to, we're talking right after um, Garbine's won a title. Woohoo! We love it. <laughs> we love to see yeah. it. Um, did you guys watch much much tennis, much of that, much of that event, or like much of her matches? Or I watched like, what yesterday. What happened yesterday? It was um, Mertens. What was it? I guess Mertens. I Mertens, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Oh, Mertens was playing well. Yeah, she was yeah. fighting for everything, that that, every match yeah. point. She was not. It reminded me of Andy, to be honest. The way yeah. she was, the way she was. She was like, I'm her. not saying just... never say die, never give up. Yeah. yeah. Which is great to see. Like, the way she broke that. back in the second, she broke back in the second and got it to five all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then a tie break, and I think even then she saved like. Yeah. three more match points in the tie break and it was like jeez oh my yeah amazing <laughs> I, I did want Impressive. I did want Garbina to put it away though because it's never nice to see someone blow mm-hmm. seven match points and then lose because that's just mentally it's oh yeah it's very hard yeah. to come back from that for anyone and also garbinier has been like the victim of the worst draws this year I mean Australian oh, Open yeah. gets Pico Saka at the end gets um, Barty and almost beat her and almost beat, beat her Saka, almost yeah. beat her yeah. <laughs> yeah then I think yeah. um, had Sabalenka in Doha barely gets past that and then has to play Pete Petro I mean like she's really had some tough some tough draws yeah. so it's, she's, mm. it's good to see how confident again because I think she like a lot of the top players on the on the WTA at the moment are, are, are really streaky so when they hit like a good patch of form it's great for the women's game when the, when the top see. players are being more consistent because we, we have gone through a lot of years of just you know one or two players hitting their form and then the rest of the year they're just they're just MIA and I think mm-hmm. the only real players who've been and I'm not a big fan of Halep but like Halep is one of the ones that's been consistent always there always yeah. every tournament every year which I is credit to her that. um mm-hmm. and then I would say I suppose Barty when she is playing is super pretty pretty consistently yeah. there mm-hmm. but aside from that I mean I think Pliskova and Svitolina right now can't buy a win but Burton's <laughs> can't buy a win, um, yeah. you know. But then all I would say the the ranking system is really I think it's been a lot worse for the WTA than the ATP because I think on the ATP without the stoppage you'd still have a lot of the top eight guys in the top eight. Whereas in the on the on the women's side you have um, Muguruza with a slam final on her ranking and an Dubai title and she's barely in the top ten. You have Brady yeah. lover or hater with a slam final and a slam semi and she's not in the top ten. And you have Burton's in the top ten and, and Svitolina, and they've not done anything in the last year, so it's it's tough. Yeah. And Barty is number one. I, yeah, I, Barty playing number match one. outside of Australia. I mean, twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you know? Kind of do you guys think they should count? Oh yeah. Uh, Come on. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, title match uh, against uh, Barbara. Uh, Krejcikova, if I'm saying this correctly, I'm right, sorry. Yeah. No, you got it. Krejcikova. Yeah, I just cannot pronounce Czech uh, last names uh, worth a darn. Um, but I mean, it was seven six six three. Um, Garbine, I believe, slipped at about um, yeah, I saw that. F- uh, five four. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my goodness, like, uh, yeah. I didn't know if she twisted her ankle or yeah. what, and thankfully the commentators were like, no, she's fine. Um, mm-hmm. And so she won it 7-6, uh, 6-3. And so the second set, of course, was a whole lot better than the first. Yeah. But um, Barbara, like, she, like, is 
really a, a good player. Yeah. Um, and I've honestly never seen her play singles. She's and a doubles she's relatively player new first, to playing yeah. singles um, because she's played with uh, Sinekova. Sinekova, um, yeah. It's so, like Pierre, isn't it? Pierre, Pierre playing well. He's a doubles player. Yeah. <laughs> playing well, reaching a final. And it was Funny. just <laughs> amazing to see her play. Um, because, of course, it's more of a reaction game uh, with doubles. Sure. Um, and so I've never seen her like actively hit the ball, construct a point well. And so she did well against Garbigny. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I'd look forward to a whole lot of her matches. She's very promising. Hopefully She's she can play more singles. You would hope so, yeah. I think she's one of those players where, like, she was unlucky that she had double success first, in a way, because then she never prioritised their singles. And then you get into your mid-20s, and you've never really been a top-100 player on the singles tour. And then I think it's only because, like, I think was it the French Open, where she came through qualies or whatever, made the fourth round, got a huge surge of points from that, then gets a wild card to Ostrava, which was a Czech, 500 last year wins a match or two yeah. of that gets more points from that and suddenly you're into the main draw so it's it's good to see her kind of keeping that that good form going and and i, I hope that she can mm-hmm. crack the top 30 because she has a really varied game which is something that we don't yeah. always see in you know with the plushka versus Vitalinas, it's like it is a little bit same old same <laughs> old and like you do want to see more variety on the tour so when Plushka you have a player and Svitolina are getting slid on this episode <laughs> <laughs> cannot buy a win is that a quote did from you, you? <laughs> did you out of interest uh, Pierre did you watch that Azarenka Svitolina match last week that I James did and I have to be honest I, I've never been more like embarrassed for someone else <laughs> watching a tennis match <laughs> I have to be honest like I just couldn't believe you agree what with I was James, watching then. like like honestly, like you, you have you have a player in Azarenka who can't serve, literally cannot put the ball in the court. You know, it's barely getting the. You know, her back is completely twisted or tight or whatever. Cannot move laterally at all. And Svitolina is hitting every return down the middle, just past the service line, as if it's an ITF 25k. And I'm like, you are a top 10 oh, wow. female player in the world. I mean, you are a top elite, supposedly elite player. You know. <laughs> And and you are doing this like and I felt bad for Vika, you know, because she clearly didn't want to play, but you're no. winning, so you're not going to retire. And then she misses out on Dubai as well, probably made the injury worse. Like I don't think anyone won from that because Fatalina clearly now loses to to uh, to Kuzi in in Dubai. Her confidence must be in the on the ground, and Vika's obviously the injury's worse than it should be. So it was kind of I feel like no one won. I mean. It should have been, it should have just been a, a yeah. no, I mean, I think Azarenka, like, won all or something, she took a medical timeout and she walked to the bench and she, yeah. she couldn't sit down to get the treatment, she had to be stood up to get the treatment, I was like, oh, this is terrible, she should stop immediately, and and Svitolina, I mean, I'd, I've never seen that kind of a performance against an injured player, ever, I mean, if I was her fan, I would be on, like, Jumping out the window after that. I mean, seriously. <laughs> because, like, no, because honestly... I don't like, think it was that dire for me, because I yeah. feel like with Spitalina, like, I'm just, like, they were playing doubles together. Yeah. And you can never really know, like, if you're playing an opponent, opponent who's injured, that it's like, okay, you know, how hard yeah. should I go? And they're friendly, yeah. so it's just like, oh. But, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I watched probably about 
10 or 15 minutes of that match and because of course with uh american yeah. broadcasting they didn't yeah. show the a lot of it, of it mm. and thankfully they didn't show a lot of it <laughs> i mean it was but yeah it's it, for the it best and bad. this is no disrespect to fitalina because i think she is a good player but she is she has a more limited game she doesn't have a super like big amount of variety so she kind of just plays the same regardless of what the opponent's kind of doing and that's like it's just, I, f- I feel like maybe because Azarenka was number one when Svitolina come on, came on the tour and Azarenka is a much bigger player in, in achievement and status. So I almost feel like it was in Alina's head that I've never beaten her before and like this is a big chance for me. I'm in the quarters of this event and I, f- I was just so like, it's, she just looked nervous and I'm like, I've never yeah. seen someone yeah. play an injured player not in a final and be that nervous as to like, oh my God, I can't, I don't know what to do completely. And then Andrew Bettles, who's her coach, I mean, he looked like he was ready to just give up <laughs> on his career. Like, he was absolutely, <laughs> wow. he was literally like, he was like looking out, like, you know, just staring into space. And I was like, oh my God, like, why, why can they not do on court coaching at the moment? Like, why didn't he come on and, <laughs> and give her some kind of direction or something? Because I just, I've never seen that in my life. I don't think we'll ever see that again. To be a fly on the wall in the in the coaching right now with everything going. Maybe they can't do it because that would make sense as to why he kind of just he looked a bit. I think he just looked a bit helpless. Like he didn't really know what to make. Couldn't do much. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I mean, I know. Conchita can't do on court coaching because she's mm. <laughs> in a that completely was so weird different country. She's, she's being, yeah, and she's, she's got on the phone. Her, like, looking uh, on the phone, the on the camera, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Epic. Epic. Amazing. I love it. I love to see it. But, oh, jeez. What a time. What a time. Good few events, though. Like, it's been fun. It's been fun, uh, fun last few weeks. Just happy to see tennis, Washington. you know, because, I mean, we're, yeah. we're so much we missed out on last year, yeah. so many months. Yeah. And then when it did come back, I, I didn't really, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't quite, and like, just like, it wasn't personally the best time for me to watch things. I was just starting uni and stuff, so I had a lot on my plate. But like, I do feel that the US Open and the French Open, I didn't quite get into them as much as I um, normally would have. Like, I really struggled to kind mm. of, yeah. I mean, there were matches where I was into it, interested and into it, but like, I didn't even watch the Team Medvedev semi-final at the US Open. I didn't watch oh, wow. the, oh, I yeah, did. I didn't watch I, that. That was a good match though. That, but a lot of matches like that, that I kind of, I missed out. And then after Andy yeah. lost at the French, I was like, there's no one left here that I'm, you know, you were like, I'll just pass. So yeah. I'm, I'm off, I'm pass. <laughs> See you next year, Roland Garros. Like, you know, and it's funny because I love Roland Garros. It's one of my favourite events. But this year with the basically the no crowd and it being really yeah. cold, so the balls were just not flying at all. It was very odd conditions. And yeah, um, yeah. so it's just... Although funny because... Um, do you guys remember when Ivan Isevich came out before the final of that match and oh, said, oh, in these it. conditions, Novak is unplayable. You know, it's too cold for Rafa or whatever. And then, and then Rafa even. wins like that. I just can't. You know what? Like, I I, can, I, can I just say this? Like, as, you know, a pretty big Novak fan, like, yeah. I, he is such an idiot. Like, Ivan Isevich is Isavich, such an idiot. Oh, yeah. Because like, Novak would never love. say that. Like, you know, like, you're putting words into Novak's like, mouth and making him look he's, worse. Yeah, like... I don't know, like, surely at this point, Djokovic is, like, saying to him, should you not be, like, yeah, like, like just, can, can you not like, say that, yeah. please? Like, exactly. Because, oh, my God, what a moron. Like, and, well, yeah, I, absolutely. I, set, of all the people, the like, Nadal on clay at the French Open, on Chatrier, you just don't, no, you don't, you say, just anything. don't say anything. You don't, yeah. you know, you just don't say anything. Conditions aren't going to play really a factor there, are they? Like, no, no. Well, I thought they would, you know, I thought it would be a close match, but I just Maybe, yeah, was yeah. not expecting that kind of a, 
that that Domination. to me was like a huge a bit like when Roger beat Rafa at the Australian or when Novak um won Novak beat Rafa at the Australian as well uh, you know like that it's yeah. like yeah. they've all Demolition. had their own moments of like this is how great I am and it's yeah. like wow yeah. In their own mm-hmm. space, yeah. It's crazy to think about that. Even Andy, you know, like, with, with the 16 Wimbledon final, I was speaking about this with my mum, like, the other day, because she was talking about... She was asking me a question as to, like, would you rather have pace on the serve or placement? And I said, always placement over pace, because oh, someone totally. like Andy oh, yeah. Murray, you can serve like Raonic did at 147. If it's in the middle of the box, he's going to get it back. It's yeah, just, He's going to get it back. Mm. Yeah, if you play a good returner, they're going to use your ah. pace and just yeah. bring it back to you. Um, Every time I think about that Wimbledon final, I'm just like. So Brightens my day. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just all take a moment. Let's just all take a moment. Yeah. <sighs> yes. uh, Especially final for me, because like with Roger getting injured in the semis against Raonic, I was very bitter. At me yeah. for that for a bit. Yeah. So I was like, come and on, man, just, like, season, go for it? blood, go for blood, six love, six love. Like, come on, man. Uh, That's how I. Am. Then Andy went on such a run after that, like, oh my god, in the hard courts in China and. A good. Amazing. memory that was I remember so was it crazy. Shanghai or something uh, and he beat Batista Agu in the final yeah. and I remember at that time yeah. just being like he's really not going to lose a match is he like he's really just not going to lose a match for the rest of the season <laughs> yeah. like physically like uh... he lost to Chilich I think in the in the Paris final that year Paris Masters no I think he beat that he beat Isla in that final I think oh wait yeah, what am I talking about yeah he, he lost, lost yeah. he won yeah did he he lost the Chelsea somewhere. Is that... Cincinnati, I think. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And that was right after mm. Rio. Yeah, he so, was very good. We'll let him uh, off. Yeah. We'll let we'll him let off. He did the, the final, so... Yeah. yeah. But I just... I remember yeah. the um, funny story because I was I was playing uh, at a, a match at my club and that evening Andy was playing Milos in the World Final semi-final and I was trying everything to get my match moved so I could watch Andy play Milos. <laughs> and literally, at, at the change of ends of my match, I was running into the clubhouse to look at the score and then watching Aww. watching the match in the clubhouse, sitting down and then running back on court after about a minute and a half. To watch. And I remember at one point, I literally begged my opponent. I was like, it's a third set tie break. Let me watch this. Like, I need to see this. <laughs> and then That's we both just amazing. walked in mid-match and, and, wa- and watched the end of that. Because, I mean, that was insane, that, that That's tie That's so good. Insane. Oh. oh, my God. I've never oh. been more nervous. Because I was like, if he doesn't win the water finals now, like, come on. Yeah, he needs to do it now. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was all about the number one uh, then. It yeah, wasn't even yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah, it was like, all down yeah. to that. This is his chance to be number one, and you're Year a number, one. number like, one. No one can no ever one take that away thinking. from him, regardless of what happens now. No. He's no. put himself in a in a in a group that we all knew that he already belonged to. But like when you yeah. ended yeah, the year number about, one, like yeah, yeah, talking about that, like Medvedev, right? He's number two now. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, if he wins tomorrow against uh, Herbert, he's gonna even extend that lead against Rafa uh, in the yeah. rankings. So. Oh, I think he'll yeah. never like, let go of Let's that not talk about that. Can we go on to Diego's <laughs> win at the Argentina <laughs> Open? Oh, um, my God. That okay. was just that, fine, amazing. Then. We were not... <laughs> he was like, Diego's he was like, one of my I was ready to say something. Like... <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. Okay. Uh, uh, did yeah. any of y'all watch any I of did, those matches? I I followed the scores. I didn't. Watch. Yeah, I followed. Oh scores. my goodness! I, didn't it was, I, I wanted to see Amazing. Diego finally win a title in his home country because, like, exactly, it's such yeah. a special thing. And like, he's had a lot mm, of yeah. close lot. Like, I think he beat Team one year and still lost the final to somebody. 
and it was like oh god he just can't like catch a break at home so I think yeah. it was good to see him finally even though the draw was like empty and it was like he was a favourite it was still good to see him yeah. you know win that because yeah. I think was it the week before he lost to Ramos Vinulas in the quarters yeah. like, so yeah. he really blew that week so I was like ooh I don't know but um, yeah. and, and I what... definitely had a deal with the devil and I said Albert Ramos can never win another match again and he was Aww. beaten by Serendulo is that and what you do with every apparently, you do with they have I, I didn't even know uh, there were uh, brothers so I'm yeah. sorry if it's do Francisco Francisco and Juan Manuel do you guys remember when Ramos Vignolas made a Masters final I try nope. not to. I try not to. Generally, <laughs> I try not to. It was Mont. It was was it Monte Carlo? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, was I think it was. Twenty sixteen yeah. because Andy. No, twenty seventeen. Uh, twenty seventeen because um. Yeah. yeah I remember because and the Andy lost to him. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Fonini who won Monte Carlo <laughs> that year or what? No, no Rafa. that was Rafa. Rafa. Twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember yeah. that match. I mean, Albert yeah, yeah. is not my favorite player, so I just. It just well, I liked matter. it. I, I, I kind of, I wanted to see him like get revenge and like beat Rafa, but uh, Rafa just dominated. It was dominated such a one side Like it's funny, like not yeah. to make it all about Andy again, but like it was, it's actually one of my. We're like, Andy podcast. You're fine, don't worry. Yeah, we're fine. With <laughs> Go on. Well, it's one of my like very small regrets for Andy because I think like he's won up basically almost every event, but like I always really wanted him to win Monte Carlo once because yeah. Yeah. that for me is like oh if you can win a clay event at the beginning of the season before the rhythm kicks in that is like top you know amazing so yeah he, and he yeah. should have done it in 2016 that's the match that I regret against Rafa where he was up I think six two or whatever particularly because he then beats Nadal he beats Nadal two weeks later in Madrid so like he he, yeah. he could have done it so that was what was tough <laughs> yeah he played amazing as well yeah. in that match I remember it. Um, yeah, you know what though? One other thing I did want to mention, and uh, I know like uh, I'm uh, probably the biggest Djokovic fan uh, in this in this uh, I've got to bring it up, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I know Pierre, you're a big Federer fan, but yeah. um, it was oh, a no. historic week, wasn't it? A historic week. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't even, I wasn't even, like, yeah. I was thinking, what is he talking about? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, historic week, historic week. About. It has to be mentioned, guys, I'm sorry, uh, for Djokovic getting 311. No, it, do, it does, it has to be mentioned, it's a, it's a record-breaking, yeah. it's something that I don't think anyone thought would happen, it's just no. like they thought Sampras's weeks wouldn't get broken, and then Roger did it, didn't yep. it? it's the same yeah. thing, but like, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it, it's, Obviously, he has benefited a little bit from the ranking system, but I yeah. think he was getting there anyway. I think it was inevitable. Oh, yeah. I mean, whether it, it was, was later this year instead of this year, earlier, it doesn't matter. He was going to get there because he just has yeah. too much of a um, yeah. stranglehold on the rankings with the Wimbledon points or not. So I think for sure it's yeah, it's it's an achievement that it definitely is. I know I know it's one of his most cherished ones alongside the slam record is the weeks at number one. Um, yeah. And I don't know if he... I think Olympic gold as well is what he'll probably be going for now this Olympic year. Olympic gold, which is oh. interesting, obviously, with Federer, who will also be desperately yeah. keen to try and be in shape for that. Like, So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really intriguing. We, we, that can't, Olympic all, we games, can't all have two Olympic Games gold medals. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Oh. That's going to be really interesting. If and Rafa then gets it, though, it's going to be like... Uh, I hope Rafa doesn't. Too. I want Andy to be the only yeah, player to have exactly. two like, on yeah, the men's side. You know what? Yeah. As long as we can all agree on that, like... <laughs> We love Rafa. Yeah. Do you remember guys, when Andy said, like, to like some silly British reporter, 
um, was like, oh, you know, you're the first person to ever win two gold medals. He's like, Venus yeah. and Serena won four each. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's oh, our Andy. Yeah. That's Good our Andy. Memories. Good male, memories. Male that's player. Why we, <laughs> that's why we love male him. Player. Uh, male player. Male yeah. player. Male yeah. player. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, is there anything else we want to mention on this episode? Or what What, what do you guys I think? I just want to say, whatever happens to Pierre Hugh tomorrow, uh, love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that's fair. Whatever, that's fair. Whatever, um, if Medvedev wins that in streets, I'm, I'm going to be happy. He's had a great week. Like, He's had an unbelievable whatever. week. He's played a Rashmi will spend whatever. the entire like next episode just crying if that happens. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, interestingly, Medvedev has a bit of a history against French players. Like He, he does. He, just, he barely beats yeah. any of them when he's playing them in France. Yeah, like, there's like, a Neil Simon, Herbert, yeah. Ten losing streak. Holds well. Holds yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. So it's that's encouraging, but then Pierre has a bit of a history with singles finals, so it's like there's two things going on there. Oh. Um, but, um, <laughs> I hope one, of, one of those will end tomorrow. One, one of those will end either way. Well, we'll see. I hope, we will I hope see. It's, I hope it's uh, a home title for for Pierre. It would uh, be lovely to see, you know. It would be amazing to uh, see. He's one of those it, players man. who he's and one of the best players to not have a singles title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you, I think we were talking about it earlier in the episode, like players that um go under the radar. Uh, in yes. Singles. Yeah. He's he absolutely does. Way under. He really does. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is like the only it's... thing that I can think of left to kind of just like briefly touch on is just no? what um we said about an, I think a while ago now about there being a lot of class of players that don't get their dues because they've not beaten yeah, Nadal on centre yeah. court or they've not had their their moments so they're not covered in the middle. Like I think it was. Um, Milman who talked about the fact that like the word journeyman is really thrown around way yeah. too much yeah. because yeah. like when they when they use journeyman they're talking about people around like 70 like the 70th best tennis player out of the millions of people who yeah. are currently playing yeah. tennis 100%. like in the 70th ranked player in golf is never a journeyman the 70th best no. player in football is on a premier league team I mean yeah. why is it in yeah. tennis that yeah. the 70th best tennis player is suddenly like this this journeyman that's like achieved nothing or something like and yeah, it's like 100%. as much as i don't hate McEnroe, McEnroe is part of the problem like commentators like him yeah. you just say journeyman player like it's or, a real problem or, 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 or like you know Ma- Ma- McEnroe who has no idea who he's talking about if they're not <laughs> and like top 20 like they're like yep who is this well, guy? like top 10 i mean <laughs> like we're about to go who's this guy like he's, he's yeah, really like, you know, for god's sake yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do Honestly. your research um, yeah, and like someone like Jeremy Shardy as well. Like he's yeah. playing really well right now. He's playing really well, and, really, I, and really he surprised me because Shardy. I felt like a year or two ago he's hit a slump, and I thought, well, that's it for him. He's thirty-five or thirty-four, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That, yeah, he's having his natural end to his career, and here he is still in the top seventy or so. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like he's had a lot of yeah. longer because I think the only time I remember him having a big slam run was he beat um, Del Potro at the Australian Open one year. And Didn't he, made he beat the quarters. Medvedev once? Am I making that up? As well, or yeah. Because I remember he played, no, was it Andy? He played in the quarterfinal of a slam. Was it 2013 Australian, I think? Can you Google that, Rush? Right? Let's just whip out Google. Um, Murray Shardy. <laughs> I think yeah. it was the 20, 2013 Australian, but I might have the wrong year or something. I think this episode, uh, beyond anything Jeremy. else, goes to show that um, we, we, we very rarely prepare for episodes before we start. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, I know, like, Pierre, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Shardy. Played and the 2013 Australian Open quarters. Great. Ah, there you go. Yeah, there but no. To be fair, that's now eight years ago. So. Yeah, yeah, a long time three, ago. He he lost it in three straight sets though. So yeah. yeah. Well, and Andy is, uh, yeah. uh, you know, in that that particular year of the Australian, I mean, he was just unbelievable. I mean, I remember that quarterfinal mm. was just playing so well. Yeah. 
Crazy, crazy. Yeah. The, the bloody and... feather. The bloody feather. <laughs> oh! <laughs> gives us nightmares. Like feathers and gongs and like and gongs. spider cam. Oh, oh, like for Andy Murray fans, the like we, nightmares. we know, like that's just the nightmares. Awful. Oh. Um. But do we want to end here? Yeah, yeah. we can do. Uh, yeah, I just have one we? last like question. I guess is like, nope. and it's just a hypothetical as to like, you know, like uh, the gong incident at the at the U.S. Open, like of Andy's, and, and I hate to end this way, but of Andy's Australian Open defeats, which is the one that you feel that re- if he hadn't have got distracted or lost his momentum, which one did you think? Okay, that was the one he deserved to win the most. Because for me, it's actually 2013. I thought he was playing insane that that yeah, whole tournament. Me too. I. Yeah, me too. Um, you know what? I'm gonna come out and say this. Like, uh, out of all the Australian Opens that I feel like he should have won, I'm gonna say 2012. And I know he didn't oh, when he lost the, final, the semis, yes. When yes, he lost in shot. that semi-final to Novak Djokovic. Because I that. think if he'd won that, he would have pushed. If he'd played similarly to that, that Nadal in the final. I don't know, maybe Nadal fans It's a shame like, that he's never played um, Nadal in their like in their peaks because they're only yeah. you know, final players. And that, that was a chance. Was, that was know. a chance for him to do it. That yeah. was a chance for him to do it. Because I, yeah. I think that would have been amazing to see. But um that that's maybe what i would say um i don't know i, yeah, I don't know about you guys 2013 you yeah, think 2013 that, that one yeah. kills me because of the bloody feather of all the things like ugh. yeah mm. yeah he beat federer right in the in the semis of that yeah, yeah. great yeah. match that was a great crazy match crazy amazing match. match one of my favorite matches really good match um but yeah that that would be oh, the he, final interestingly i'm just looking he played hasso in the first round there <laughs> oh, did he? oh really there you go. no way oh wow there you yeah. go <laughs> generations there you go um, and Simon in the fourth round uh, we were talking about French players he played oh, yeah. two French players in a row though. so oh. he played Simon and then Chardy in the quarters because so. oh, oh yeah because that was if you remember that was the tournament where Simon played Monfils and they had the 86 shot rally which is yeah. the longest rally oh ever in tennis. That was which, good. Which, which, like, amazing, but then that like all the all the like the videos were posted up and they were epic rally and you were watching and you were like it's, it's not really epic. Uh, because it goes on for so long. But, yeah, uh, not epic. <laughs> no. Maybe not epic. Uh, <laughs> well, that is Simon, though. Like, he, he will not miss. Like, uh, no, uh, no. Pick Simon yeah, is, yeah. is the definition of a wall. I mean, Amazing. back in the day. Amazing. Yep. Um, but, yeah. No. Like, you know what? So we can't. So, so we won't end on a, a negative Andy yeah. loss. Losses. Uh, let's just say, like, again, one big congratulations for the Murray family, like, obviously, yeah, for, for the new arrival. Uh, absolutely. We're uh, very happy major... for him. It's really absolutely. lovely to see, like, how him and Kim have... Because, I mean, it's, it's like, I remember when they first sort of were sort of together, like, and it was like... For sure. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, wives and girlfriends in, in, in the tennis world, and, like, for Andy to be so happy and, like, for such a yeah. long time, I think there's been a huge... His relationship with Kim has been a huge stable point in his career that has really helped Absolutely. him because so when you know that you love someone they love you you come home to them after every tournament loss or win and it's the same and they treat you the same i think it's been i mean they're, they're lucky to have each other but particularly andy with with kim i mean she's so supportive i mean i remember the sure. t-shirt she wore in the final after the oh, match. amazing <laughs> that's a supportive, <laughs> that a supportive wife right there so so good um but yeah and going back to uh another uh podcast episode if y'all haven't listened to all of them uh one of my favorite uh and just the actual initial 
moment when I uh, fell in love with Andy's game and who he is was when he uh, played uh, San Jose and uh, yes. won it. Oh, I guess and Roderick, he went on it? to kiss. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? Was it against Roderick it against or something? Roderick, Andy Roderick. Yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. uh, actually, Leighton Hewitt. What, oh, Hewitt I as well. Think, um, I, I think it was Andy Roderick. Yeah, Leighton Hewitt um, oh, right, right, yeah. after Leighton the final. Yes. is when he kissed uh, Kim. And yes. it's so good to see a monogamous relationship <laughs> with players. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, so we want to thank you so much, Pierre, for coming on. This has been thank an you, amazing thank episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, been lovely. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much, listeners. This has been another episode of Murray Musings. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll email the the voice memo.